welcome to a very special episode of Who Gives A Hundred Who? Is this an 80s very special episode? <laughs> it's like an uncle gonna show up and then like some heartfelt moment happens. Well, uh, this is a heartfelt moment. Who's uh, popping out of the cake? Ben. Uh, Alright, so in case you can't tell, we've got a cast of characters here. Um, I am Luke. Been here since episode one. But the other man who's been involved since episode one, Ben. Also me. Woo! <laughs> we got John Ryan, a contributor to the pod in many ways, uh, mostly emotionally. But <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You have been a support to us. That's like 30% accurate. <laughs> uh, we got Brian, also Ace, yep. uh, who is. I'm going to call you a cultural correspondent. Ooh. Yeah, sure, I like that. Yeah, that yeah. Works. He's also from Omaha. He's from Omaha. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and wearing a terrible jersey right That's now. That's not true. That, that, that part is not true. <laughs> That's by far the ugliest jersey you've been worn. <laughs> it is what it is. It's uh, good in the league. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, we've got Camille here. Everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. Uh, she's the only one who actually has played professionally. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all around badness. Has more knowledge than all of us combined. Yep. I think Camille shows up for the uh, for the ego boost. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it's been a bad day. I'm going to go record a podcast. It's always a better day when I'm here. <laughs> all right. And we got super producer Riley. He just bit into a slice of pizza, so I had to call on him. Make no, I, I, I wasn't far enough to give a bite. <laughs> I, I retracted it. We're good. Oh. Um, Hello. Congratulations I, on re-earning the super producer moniker. Thank you. Yeah. It feels good, especially Actually. coming from such a respectable figure such as yourself, Luke. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Considering how long this pod's going to be, if I don't call you super producer, you'll give up halfway through. <laughs> 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 Got Ryan the Big. Hey, I'm, I'm a beer and a half deep, so that's why I'm talking a lot. All right. <laughs> and last but not least, your man with... All of the match previews, posts, and player. I mean, essentially, he's writing half the blog right now. The shoulders of Atlas. Carrying this five articles today alone. Five five articles released today as we're recording this on March 23rd. Uh, Rich Lane. Everybody, it's a true honor to be around everybody, considering we are going sans deodorant. So it's good to get to know everybody. (laughs) Atmosphere. That five articles a day, that's like L. Ron Hubbard level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, before we uh, break into our Megapod preseason, we, we do have some USL news. Uh, since the last time we recorded, we, as a team, Union Omaha lost to St. Louis FC. Boo! <laughs> Apparently the, the second goal was very offside. None of us were there. No no insight on that. However, we did get four signings out of it. Um, woo! Yeah. Former enemy of the pod, Alex Bruce. Yeah. Formerly of North Texas. Really formerly just... of Lansing Ignite. Formerly Riley's enemy. The rest of us didn't really have any beef with Alex. I took it personally. Uh, there is video evidence of Ben taking it personally. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Riley, do you 
you still work for a living? I do still work for a living, but I'd like to say I'd like to give credit where credit is due. Within an hour of Alex's signing be annou- being announced, he followed me on Twitter and DM'd me. We're all good. <laughs> Everything's awesome. there's there's no more fires. No, no, no. He's gonna come on the pod to squash the beef. <laughs> uh, we're not gonna get into Nebraska beef in this news segment. However, <laughs> uh, we also signed Joe Brito. Um, Brito. I'm Brito. I, I didn't actually look at the pronunciation. Did you just say Brito? Brito or Brito? It's Brito. Okay. okay. Uh, There's clear in the air. Did, didn't look at the pronunciation guide that's released with the article because I read Rich's articles, not the team's, because I want good information. Woo! Where do you, where do you find those articles, Luke? At WGAHmedia.com. WGAHmedia.com? WGAHmedia.com? Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, coming to us from University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Uh, very excited to have him here. Seems like he has a good fan base, a lot of... Uh, a lot of great stuff. Again, you can find more about this at WGHmedia.com. And he sent me a message today thanking him, or thanking me for that article. So that was a very... I mean, I was going to say that. Oh. It seems real self-centered if you were thanking himself. For <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're welcome, Rich! <laughs> I like him already. <laughs> no, it was a classy gesture. I appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Bawa, uh, who is joining us from LA Galaxy 2, uh, didn't want to make that MLS next jump, which I can totally understand. Uh, yeah. Smart move. Yeah. Uh, right got, back? Gun in, right back. Right. And ba- based on <laughs> his purge, seems like he is a very welcome addition, um, filling in a uh, great spot there, but we'll, we'll get into that more in the preseason preview. And last but not least, Gabe Claudio, um, who we've been alluding to for two weeks. Yes, Gabe, thank you, Gabe. Gabe, uh, really, really appreciate your enthusiasm. Don't out yourself that soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a huge fan because, like, his level of enthusiasm to be on this team is huge, and that's no. awesome. That's like no, no, I, I, I'm excited for him. Uh, looking at his, his footage and hearing um, from some friends in, in Las Vegas, he, he's going to be a fantastic addition, going to do some big things for the club. So really, really excited. We have a pretty this. good track record with his junior college as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit uh, further on. As of recording this, U.S. Open Cup tickets are still not on sale, but we are watching <laughs> watching the game, uh, which will decide our U.S. Open Cup uh, competitor. And it is tied 1-1 at the half. So we'll know almost certainly before we get probably two or three teams into the preview. Who's, uh, who's it, Exactly. Uh, and the Owl still has not been named. We just know for certain it's not Owl Pacino, which means the name is wrong. We also yeah. know for certain that the contest is rigged. Obviously. Yeah, because Tuesday isn't the runaway winner. And somehow Sage made it through. Yeah. Sponsored by Sage Financial. It's going to be, yeah, yeah. Once again, we spent way more time on mascot talk than we ever should. <laughs> I mean, guys, we're a few minutes into the pot, and we're just now talking about mascot. Kind of disappointing. Yeah. Well, we are less than two weeks away from our first game of the year, our first competitive game of the year in the Open Cup, and just over two weeks away from our first regular season game against Madison. So let's let's break into this preseason, and uh, I'm going to pass this over to the Master of Ceremonies, 
Alright, well, uh, guys, let's get, uh, let's get going. I think, yeah, I think we're ready. It's, uh... <laughs> it's season preview party time. The sun chip would have been louder than the rumble, I think. Yeah. Guess the chip. Yeah. Um, I, I, I blew it. No, they gotta be specific, because there's a specific flavor of that rumble. Yeah, if you can guess the flavor. Uh, Alright. We're going to start out with, uh, we're going to use the same outline as we used last year. Uh, once again, we did a survey of all eight of us in this room. Everybody uh, filled out basically information and we, I compiled it. And so we're going to do, um, we're going to go over that information, do a little preview of the league. Uh, and I think we said last year, this is the best preview that any podcast does the whole league all year. We might have competition this year, but we're still better. I mean, this is going to be more than 90. And we're not walking, so. Absolutely. And, I mean, we have long-standing running inside jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Riley, we got a, we got some sweet chili uh, for you. We got the same exact type of chips as last year. Um, all right, so last year, Rich wrote an article uh, covering the changes to the league rules. We didn't do that this year because we don't think there's any rule changes. Uh, I, as far as I know, there's nothing on the field uh, changing this year. We're, we're still looking at the same substructure. Right. Uh, there may be some more in response to fan outbursts and yeah, Jr. Um, in the for for supporters, no, I think there's going to be a serious crackdown by the league on any infringements on human rights and verbal assaults. Um, so Riley's Riley's lucky. Uh, to, you know, be led into this. Riley's lucky, but if, I believe it was Loudon last year, there was, in championship, there was a big incident, and we want to make sure that that's avoided yeah. going this year. Wait, it was a Loudon games? Um, well, they, they never identified who went to a Loudon game, but they said something very bad. I think I saw something on Twitter that Central Valley had an incident in one of their preseason matches. Oh. Um, it was high schools in the area where there were Racial slurs, I believe, being um, chanted at That has definitely never happened at the state championship game in Nebraska. <laughs> and if it did, if it did, Sports Illustrated definitely never wrote about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, needless to say, the league is taking a serious stance on that, and it's very much appreciated by us here at the pod. Great. Well, yeah. Nice. Uh, all right, so. Um, we all went through, we all uh, placed all 11 teams in the league in the order that they were, uh, you know, we think they're going to finish the year. Um, it will come as absolutely no surprise to any of you here or any of you listening, but in 11th place is Charlotte Independence, of course. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Legrand is going to talk us through uh, how they did in 2021. Uh, outcoming, out, uh, outgoing players. I'm not talking about that. Ingoing players and notable storylines. Or he's gonna freelance. He's gonna do whatever. We'll see how long this pod goes. Maybe uh, last time this. No, I, I did follow your format then. Great. I did not talk about outgoing players, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Uh, all right. So Charlotte Independence, they uh, self relegated themselves to uh, to USL League One from Championship. Interesting though, they finished second in their division. And actually made the conference semifinals in the playoffs. So they actually had a decent run last season. Um, they're moving because of financial reasons. If you don't know, Charlotte Independence was started as a team in championship in hopes of winning the MLS bid. 
until uh, what's John Jerry? You're the is it Tepper? What's his first name? Um, the Carolina owner. Tepper. Is it David Tepper? Uh, anyway, Tim O'Neill. The guy, the guy that owns the Carolina Panthers, came in with his bid for the MLS team, and everything else fell to the wayside. Um, so they they moved themselves down. So the reason I'm not going to talk about outgoing players is because they basically imploded the entire roster. Um, they have re-signed a few people. We'll talk about them in a minute. So last year they had 18 wins, six draws, nine losses, ended the season with 59 points. Like I said, they made it to the conference semis in their uh, in their playoff. Um, didn't look at outgoing players. Sorry, Ben. That's yeah, fine. Incoming players, uh, they re-signed one, two, three, three or four of their guys. Um, everybody else they brought in has uh, either has first division experience uh, abroad, mostly South America. They brought in a couple guys from uh, the Venezuelan first division and Peru. Um, and then their goalkeeper actually played for Loudon, uh, Keegan Meyer. He was also a 2020 Super Draft pick by the New England Revolution, um, and played for any uh, New England too. So I don't, I don't know if he played for them when we played against them. But the goalkeeper position at New England too is a long and storied one. Yeah, and the goalkeeper was. position at New England is uh, was tough the last few years to break into. So it doesn't yeah. surprise me that he's moved on. Um, Liam predicted that Matt Turner would win goalkeeper of the year in League One. He sh- yeah. He sure did. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, the well, names they signed aren't people I super recognize. There is a guy, uh, Giuseppe Barone. They signed him from Italy. He has a little bit of experience in Serie A. Uh, he played for, like, the team was, like, in 20th place when he played for him. So, uh, yeah. But mostly played uh, in their second division. Notable storylines. Things I came up with. So they called themselves the Jacks. So, how did the Jacks adapt to League One after being in championship? Uh, they finished second, right? Um, but how does that translate? And I, you guys can fit, can jump in too. But how does that translate to League One, especially when the roster they have eight guys signed right now, literally eight players signed. They are right following now. the exact template of North Carolina last year. <laughs> yeah, they had eight guys two weeks ago, and they said, "Boom, here's 15 teenagers." Yeah, and they finished bottom. Yeah, I, and I think that's really where they're where they're going is they had to save money somehow, and the way to save money is to move yourself down and sign a bunch of teenagers. In this case, it's not saving money. It's trying to find a new owner. Uh, in this case, it's trying to actually pay your employees. But we'll, we'll talk about that a different time. I, I mean, as I said, changes of the rule stand for positive positive words outside of the playing field. Okay. And I feel like Charlotte could really use some of that in their ownership. Fair enough. Um, did, uh, did they keep the co- same coaching staff? Not that I could tell. J.R. Yeah, yeah, yep. Resident Wikipedia. I believe they. I believe they did. Oh, they didn't quit like Dave Strachan. This is the Dave Strachan situation. This is Mike Jeffrey's fourth season with the team. Okay. Um, Resident Omaha, Dave Strachan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, I saw. I saw him in town like three months ago. He's got a grandkid here. Yeah. Um, as his son's assistant coach at Creighton. Yeah. We're 12 minutes in. I think this is our first tangent. We talked about Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a North Carolina team. It's not too tangenting. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, other things I brought. So, I brought up paying employees. That was the big news story last year with Charlotte. Was they, they didn't pay people for a very, very long time. 
So that, that's the other, yes, they are trying to find an owner, but is that financial situation, how is that going to impact them? Jerry, you're right, they're probably going to sign a whole bunch of teenagers in a week and throw a team out there and just hope for the best. North Carolina had a little run at the end. They still weren't the best team last year, so we'll see. Um, like I said, they only have eight signings, so it's going to be tough. And then the other thing that will be interesting is how popular the, the Charlotte MLS team has been already. And how many was it, Luke? 78,000? 76. 76,000 people at the first mat home match. Now you're, now you're starting a USL 1 team in the exact same city. Um, you know, how does that impact your team? How, how many fans are you getting out there? That type of stuff. I think those are the things that will be interesting to see with this team as the season goes on. If they, their season goes on. Did, did they just build a new stadium as well? Which one? Independence? Uh, Independence. They play somewhere called American Legion Memorial Stadium. But it's not like something they would have. Yeah, yeah I, I believe well, that. It's, I have to agree with you on that one. It's a stadium that they lease, is what I, I was okay. picking up. That, I was thought I remembered that they were, were planning to build a downtown stadium that actually would seem like a very cool thing for the Jamico um, incident. I, I'm pretty sure the, the plans for a downtown stadium was if we get our MLS bid. It wouldn't have been big enough. Mm. Mm. Now, if even even the current even the well, okay, I see what you're saying now because the fact the Panthers ownership group won the bid, mm-hmm. they're just going to like retrofit Bank of America or whatever it's called. Stadium. Yeah, I don't know. It's called cool. the Panthers League. Do it in Nashville. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. That's where they're playing. It's yeah. Bank of we charge too much on interest rates. Bank of Tepper is what it is. Uh, that's all I have because I picked them on purpose because they're that's great. I, that's, I think that's all we need. Um, did any? I have a question for you because uh, you had one through twelve. That was that was a mistake. So how many people ranked them twelve? Nobody ranked them twelve. Oh. So good job, everybody. What person did rank them tenth? No, I think it was. I think it was Rich. I'll uh, I'll pull up the results and we'll uh, damn Rich. We'll name and share. Camille called herself out. Me. Do you want to defend them as the 10th place team? In the <laughs> Do you really want to waste time yeah. defending Charlotte? <laughs> yes, because I um, chose Fuego to last. Okay. okay. Uh, let's talk about it when we get to Fuego. Okay. So, yeah, I figured we'd be going over outliers as we go. Yeah, exactly. This was uh, the most consensus pick we had. Um, speaking of consensus pick, I think that... Uh, Des Moines is destined to win this game because they're wearing tuxedos on the front of their jerseys. Chips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, coming in at 10th place this season, uh, Brian is going to be telling us about North Carolina FC. Brian, North Carolina FC finished ninth in our preseason poll last year. Did they live up to our expectations? Uh, no, they did not. They finished in the bottom of the league last year. Wooden spoon. Uh, they only won seven of their games. They drew four and had 17 losses. So, Important question. Did they have more kits than wins? They did not have more kits. <laughs> Thank you. We're, we're not talking about that team yet. Nope. Not, not yet, but that will come out. Don't you worry about that. Uh, they ended last year with a negative 20 goal differential and with 25 total points, finishing 15 below the playoff line. So they... Uh, Ouch. They did not live up to any expectations. <laughs> so. I mean, to be fair, we picked them ninth out of 12 teams. So. That's yeah. pretty good. 
We thought there'd be three teams worse than them. <laughs> that is good for a bunch of academy players and, you know, 17, 18-year-old kids that are playing for academy teams. So, Never forget the 15, their 15-year-old keeper. That's true. They did have a 16, though. 15 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, departures and stuff like that, they had a few guys leave. Um, they had a goalkeeper uh, leave for Miami FC. Um, left winger with 28 appearances, three goals. Josh Cohn left for an MLS, MLS Next Pro team. Um, Peter Pearson, a defensive midfielder with 24 appearances and two goals, went to Greenville, of all places. And Robert Crusoe, a center forward, had 18 appearances and four goals and went to the St. Louis Ambush. The what? I recently saw him play. It's an NASL team. Okay. Okay. Uh, Riley and I work with a guy who, never mind. Nope. No, we don't. Nope. Just keep moving. Keep moving. He's in soccer, San Diego soccer commercials. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. And, um, I mean, as, as far as what I they're doing. I called that one. Good boy. Well, it's a for the chips. We're just, yeah, rip the bandaid off. Des Moines just scored. It's the 57th minute. There you go. Yeah, it's a night for the chips. It's glad I got that one in. Can I go on record saying, no, never mind. Brian finishes. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The first time we've had him on the pod. Yeah. All good. Um, Look, if he's listened to one pod, he knows he's going to get talked over. Yeah, I know. I know that's how it goes. It's fine. They did bring in quite a few guys. Um, This year, they kind of focused on wanting to bring in a few older guys. And that's kind of one of my storylines, too, here is that they wanted to bring in some older guys that could be more mentors to all of their academy players because they are still going with a lot of academy players on their team. They don't really want to bring in a whole lot of guys. They want, they're want they more focused on shipping guys out to other places to get more experience and get better and keep them in their system. So um, they brought in Derek McLaughlin um, from Toronto FC2, who had 25 appearances for him and eight goals. Um, and I'm probably going to butcher names here too, but Gustavo Fernandez, from Madison, who had 26 appearances. And? Iowa Western Community College, guys. What yes. is? Wow. Riley. Yeah. It's I, like you went to sorry, school. Sorry, I could have just said if I'd known that Iowa guys were going to, you know, fail on that one. It's all right. Don't ever refer to me as an Iowa guy. <laughs> <laughs> Riley was horrified when I asked if he had a Casey Rewards card. <laughs> it's I like, do. I don't live there anymore. It's, it's a little bit dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also did bring in um, Will Polistic, who came from Austin FC, um, who was with the Dortmund under-19s for one year and then went to Duke for four years and got two-time All-ACC honors and then had a .704 save percentage while he was there. So it looks like they do have a keeper that's – it's a good backup. Oh, yeah. Should we ask him during games a, about his cousin? Is he a keeper? He could. Yeah. Like, uh, no, is he on loan? Do we hate him worse? Or do they sign him? Uh, loan transfer. Okay. Yeah. Do we hate him worse for the Dortmund or the Duke? <laughs> I, I, hate the Duke. Duke. I hate him for his cousin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So it's going to be like uh, when Beckham's kid came <laughs> no, and Beckham's no. kid came. We're just going to ask about their family the whole time. Yeah, Beckham, that's all I did. Yeah. I, think he's, I think he's short. Beckham's not like as tall as you might think a goalkeeper. Well, Kira Fitzgerald's short too, so. Or she knew who isn't the tallest keeper in the world. I, I think the important thing to know is who owns the team his cousin's playing for at that time. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not funny. Like, that's the thing. It's not yep, funny. It's not. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I can laugh about. That's not one of them. I was swearing in front of children when I found out. Not even my own children. I was in a line at a restaurant, and I just started swearing. Just step outside and gather my thoughts. Ben often swears around children he doesn't know. Oh, fuck. It's like the worst thing of all time. Well, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Oh, you really yeah, you. Yeah. Um, that's kind of really all I have. I guess the only question that I really have for everybody around here is how do you think North Carolina gets out of the basement of the league at this point? Well, we have two people who think they're not going to be in the basement of the league. Yeah. Uh, Camille and Ryan. I don't know. Get better Twitter fans. I, I mean, part of it for me is... Uh, at the end of the season, I mean, they have a lot of those young guys back. And at the end of the season, they were playing a lot better. Yeah. A lot of their wins came towards the end of the season. So I think you have a lot of these guys that got experience. Yeah. As you said, they brought experience in. Mm-hmm. Um, those are good signings. I, yeah, they're really yeah, good they signings for them. I mean, I picked them to finish just outside of the playoffs. As we said last year, anywhere from 7 this year to 11. I mean, what, diff- really what, yeah, what difference does it make? But, I mean, I picked them 7th. It wouldn't shock me if they ended up. Seventh or eighth, because they brought in guys. They have guys that have experience now. Um, Luke, Luke is computers, <laughs> computers talking to us. Simultaneously, Minneapolis has just tied the game. This is gonna be a, it's the murder. Um, I don't, I don't know what Camille. I don't know what you saw, but um, I just felt like, like you mentioned at the end of the season, they were looking really good, and I still believe that there are other teams that are not going to be as good as we think they're going to be. Um, meaning that we can see them higher up potentially this this season. So it'll be interesting. I just have a lot of mixed feelings about different teams. They, they, they signed a group of players that they the one thing they have in common is you want to see what they do if they play more. Yeah. Yes. Alex Anderson did not really he played a lot for Richmond but did not get a lot of minutes. He was right. a sub most of the time. Uh, Late Somersault was not playing for Carmenta the whole season. Yep. He was somebody that you just thought for sure with all the players they're going to lose was maybe going to see more time with them this year. It's kind of like if this storm works out perfectly for them, they'll be they could be battling for a playoff spot. But I think they a lot of breaks have to go for them in order for that to happen. But we we've also seen in the first three seasons of this league, fluky things happen all the time. I mean, it, just because of the nature of the league. You have 11 or 12 teams, depending on the season. Things happen. Um, they, I mean, North Carolina actually owned Richmond last year. Yeah. <laughs> Richmond made the playoffs. Yeah, so, I mean, you just you never know what's going to happen. And I agree with Camille. I think there's some teams that, even teams that have been in the league the whole time, that I don't think are gonna, going to perform to the level that we always assume they're going to. Yeah. So, I was the only other person who did not have them 10th, and I had them ninth because I thought this next club – was going to finish 10th. And that next club is, of course, Ford Madison. Uh, so we're staying with you, Brian. We are, we are staying with you. Yeah, we, and we, oh, as Brian group, got off easy. We as a group picked Ford Madison to finish 9th. 
I yeah, have, of course. I have ninth exactly. <laughs> okay, I can't wait to hear this. We, well, we learned after we picked them to finish I mean, seventh I mean, last I think, year. I think you know who the outlier is by this point, but let's let's go. <laughs> we had them at seventh last year, but they did not finish seventh. <laughs> Brian, uh, last year, uh, no, they did. I do have that with me here. I know off the top of my head because I yelled yeah. at it. You know what? You're gonna have to say it. Oh, well, I yelled at it Turbo as he walked off. The field. <laughs> they, they were they finished ninth, and they all lost their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, so yeah, Ford Madison last year, um, eight wins, 12 draws, eight losses. How many kits? Um, I actually counted it. <laughs> On their website, they have eight kits. Uh, wait, wait. Was one of the kit reversible, and are we counting that as two kits? I counted it as one kit. Great, more kits than wins. Wow. So then, yes, if you want to count the different styles, they do have nine. So they do have more kits than wins. Wow. Important question before you run into awesome. the rest of it. How was their airplane form last year? <laughs> I think they crashed and burned. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, their airplane celebrations were... They, de- oh, they, de- were... they definitely went into restricted airspace when they flew. <laughs> <laughs> their best celebration was shouting at a corner of Warner Park that had zero fans yeah. on it. Yeah, and, going, and putting the hand to the ear like Hulk Hogan to zero fans. I liked, uh, I liked that the last time we saw the airplane celebration on the field was Austin Poncho doing it. His last professional appearance when we were, you know... Scoring five but, goals against uh, Tucson on our way to no, a no, final. No, I don't know six. how much. I, I, thought he, I thought his was five. His was the fifth. His was five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least well, for yeah, me, I don't know about you, Camille. Too. AP Airlines was pretty consistent <laughs> and pretty great. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I that is my choice airline. I think. Yeah, it's a, that's a deep cut. Uh, the ones you'll get it will yeah. get it. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. I no, I totally derailed. It's all good. Um, so. As far as departures go, uh, they had quite a few. Um, so Jake Keegan left to go to Greenville. He went back home. Yeah. Back home, yep. Uh, he for Madison, he had twenty-three appearances, six goals, and four assists. So that's pretty good numbers that ended up leaving. Uh, Tyler Allen went to FC Tucson. Uh, Aaron Malloy went up to Memphis nine hundred one with Devin Boyce up there and. Memphis. Um, he had 27 appearances, four goals, and three assists, so that's a lot. But Somehow two, an MVP candidate, even after a uh, on-field incident in the last game of the season. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy times. And then also two guys that left that I don't think anybody really kind of expected to leave were Josiah Trimingham, who left, and obviously we all know, we all know him. <laughs> uh, I don't think we need to go anywhere into detail about that one. And then uh, Connor Tobin left and they're both without clubs right now too so nobody ended up picking them up and i don't know i hadn't heard of any reason why they hadn't been picked up or turning is too good to be unattached right now i can't believe that and it didn't sound like connor coven wanted to leave Uh, it didn't it didn't sound like they wanted him anymore (laughs) he he, i believe his farewell was uh uh, he had no place on the field or in the front office. Yeah. He, he'd been working in their front office as well. Yeah, yeah. So must have been what Ben yelled at him. <laughs> I just love the idea that Ben Turner broke Turbo's spirit <laughs> to the point that he just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> he worked for worked for Union Omaha. <laughs> yeah, he had yeah, somebody yeah. else get laid I off. Think, I think I, I think I said I. I yelled the most hurtful thing I could think of, and as someone who had been laid off, I understood how much that hurt. <laughs> it's quite a frustrating so you, evening. Say, 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 say good or personal experiences when it comes to trying to break people down. Yeah, yeah. To exactly. his personal insults. Yeah. 
Sure, yeah. Also, I didn't appreciate how much they were celebrating that particular win. <laughs> I don't think any of us did, really. Yeah. So, um, as far as guys coming in, they did go through and add quite a few guys. Um, just a few that I do have here. Um, Matthias Kasani? Again, I'm going to butcher. Just completely butcher. Nailed it. But he's from uh, the Bulgarian First Division. Um, played 11 matches with one goal for them. Um, he's in on a, apparently, a free transfer is what I have here. So, that's pretty good. Um, three yellow cards in that time, and that's going to be a kind of recurring theme. Wait, wait. That. Three yellows in 11 matches? <laughs> three yellows My in guy. matches, yeah. Um, Andrew Wheeler Omanu is a defensive midfielder from Sacramento FC uh, in USLC. Uh, 19 matches, zero goals, but six yellow cards. Again, this wow. is going to be another theme here. And then one more good one that I do have is Jeremiah Jesus Strang. Yep. Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah, yeah. A center forward. And I'm definitely not going to get this name, but it's a Finnish league. Uh, the Finnish first division who had four goals in 14 matches. So it looks like they're trying to add a little bit more firepower to their offense, which they probably needed anyway. Yeah. Well, don't forget you have the you have the club with the only coaching change. That that is true, yes. But the thing about it too is they they have a coaching change, but all of their assistant coaches are the same. Interesting. They they brought in a goalkeeper coach as their head coach, yeah. if I recall. Yeah, he's the goalkeeper coach at OKC, right? He's yeah. pretty young too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's not forty. Uh, he's thirty six. Last year they Matt brought Glazer. in. I'm older than him. I, I gotta leave. I know. Last year they brought in a rockstar, and that didn't work. This year they're trying to bring in some youth, see if that works. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That that is interesting though, because you bring in a head coach, but you keep all the assistants. Mm-hmm. What were, what was the head coach doing that would make that big of a difference versus these assistants? And I mean, that's kind of the the, the question that I had too. Is we don't know exactly why all of your assistant coaches would be back, and you've changed head coaches multiple years now. Yeah. And so, um, well, wasn't wasn't there word that there was player revolt is a strong term, but it was something along those lines. Well, his postseason and uh, most of the players are gone. His postseason interview, there was a lot of hints at some. He laid salt. He tried to yeah. he tried to keep them from re- from growing crops on that field. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of seemed like locker room issues from what he was saying. So I, I think uh, if you want to go into the the Twitter history, looking at Jake Gigan's um, mm. welcome back to Greenville and his excitement to go back to Greenville, that that tweet, uh, very telling because I believe there's about no mention of Madison in No, there. Carlos Gomez left for another team and thank Greenville. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, like, Some uh, leaving the 2020 Chattanooga Red Wolves vibes. Yes, that's a very great true. point. Yeah. I also want to clarify the head coach of the OKC Energy came to be an assistant. Matt Glazer came over from uh, Sacramento. Okay. okay. Where he was the goalkeeper coach. It's, yeah, that's so interesting, though. I mean, I mean, we know how important our assistants are for Union Omaha. Yep. And we've seen some of the difference. Even Bobby coming in last season and some of the stuff he brought with him, it made a big difference. So if, if you finish ninth, and the only person you replace in your coaching staff is your head coach. There must have been a problem there. Right. <laughs> right. 
says the professional soccer player. <laughs> uh, also, Jay and Matt Glazer were at uh, Monarchs together. Yeah, yeah. At Salt Lake at the same time. Oh, good. So no one's gonna do airplane celebrations in front of our bench. I, I'm sure they, they I mean, do. Uh, <laughs> Jay, Jay with his beard. I feel like he's yeah. he's uh, taking some steps mm-hmm. to um, to stand up. And might just lay somebody out if they try not to. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm of the opinion he's going to shave that by the first game. I think it's a preseason thing. To I, be I, fair, I, I feel like Jay Mims is the reason that Greg Hurst and Devin Boyce didn't lay someone out when that happened last year. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it's Jay Mims dark mode. Just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, JR, you think Madison is going to do better than anybody else on this podcast thinks? Uh, so, um, for those of you listening that don't know me, I had hernia operation four days before I filled this form <laughs> and still had some oxy in the bottle <laughs> as I was in pain, and I might not have been 100% sober when I filled the form out, but the, uh, the data analyst in me picked Madison to finish fifth simply because they play in so many low-scoring games, I just feel like they've had a... I feel like they've had just an, an unusual amount of bad luck when it comes to close games, wins that turned into draws and draws that turned into losses, mostly the former because they've had a lot of draws in two years. And I think second through 10th in this league this year could really vary wildly. So I'm just basically picking them to be due. Losing but, Malloy is a huge well, loss for them. Yeah, but every 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 uh, team in this league has lost a, a Malloy this year. Because yeah, that's yeah. the point. It's a huge loss on the field during the game. Yeah. Without a mouth. <laughs> I I will say I don't think they're gonna be in the same form as they were last year, specifically because or you can't essentially look at anything. They've lost their captain, they've lost their head coach, lost their assistant coach. It's a very, very different feel uh, leadership-wise, top-down. And bringing in all these new guys, you can't be looking at them in the same light you did last year. So I'm really hoping it was the drugs talking and not the, the analyst in you looking at that because I'm really going to have to call in your day job. I would go so far as to say I actually I thought you had a pretty convincing argument on that one that this is a league with a lot of randomness they have been pretty unlucky they've it doesn't make sense they've been seeming to underperform the resources available to them I mean a team with eight or nine kits should do better than eight wins and like you know I, I yeah so I, I buy the argument that essentially they could get lucky and end up in the playoffs. And last year was the only year in which playoff races weren't really, I guess all the ones below, I guess maybe all the ones below us were decided close to the last day. But oh, yeah. we'll talk about that when we get yeah. to my second yeah. team. But yeah, Fair enough. I mean, so, think about it. Everybody here, everybody here on the aggregate said that two expansion franchises are going to finish better than them this year. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a tough ask. I mean, wasn't it true last year, though? Yeah. How many expansion franchises? I don't remember. Zero. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, fair enough. I mean, it was true in our first season. I mean, we were an expansion franchise and finished second. Yeah, but everybody else was in year two. And they digressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying. But Besides they, Richmond. Yeah, but they went down. I mean, it's just, I don't trust Madison to to sustain it long enough to make fifth place. 
as much as I'm not a fan of Madison, and I'll just go flat out and say that, I think a Bold lot. Take. I think a lot of their performance last year was because of the head coach, um, and I feel like hearing about what is going on with their coaching staff staying and what changes are happening, there might be a sense of family going on and um, kind of a burning fire underneath them. So having a new coach coming in and having that establishment already um, might bring some benefit to so them this year. To piggyback off that idea, with the suspected mutiny happening in the mm-hmm. locker room, mm-hmm. with that family atmosphere, do you think they got rid of the voices that were creating that animosity and apathy in the locker room? I I personally believe the players who didn't enjoy the atmosphere or the team and what was happening left and got out of there. Unless they were contractually bound, I can't speak on it, that. It but sounds like Keegan was one of them. Yeah. Oh, because when he, uh, when, yes. he, when he was benched at po- close to the end of the year, then yes. like that's when it sounded like it started. I mean, and, he's, and he's older, right? Like I'd yes. imagine he'd be a voice of leadership in that well, world. When you do the podcast... That is currently recording to motivate your team to be. <laughs> yeah, there's probably some problems going on in the locker room. Go ahead and use that as bill, uh, bulletin board material too, Matt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whichever assistant coach is listening, just print that one out for them. Well, Jay Mims is going to play a four-four-two. Hot tip. <laughs> We're not at that part of the podcast yeah, yet. I was going to say that's going to there's going to be some callback. Uh, yeah, yeah. Looking at where their turnover is. If it is true that it was the loudest voices in the locker room, the one of the executives of the USLPA leaving their team and not being offered a position there is huge, mm-hmm. especially with a state as bound in unions as Wisconsin. Uh, I I would really like to hear if that is the case, what happened there, because. Which is to say, if you're a former player for Madison listening, yep. and want to, you know, drop... Hit us up, up Turbo. Yes. Turbo, come to, on the pod, need, speak your truth. Need to create an anonymous I'll email apologize to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to come on, Turbo, and speak your truth, Ben will apologize. Absolutely. I think we do have a contact form on the website. If not, I can <laughs> <one. laughs> All right. Uh, we've had enough of, of that. Um, all right, so next up, in eighth place, he's going to be JR, talking about the South Georgia Tormenta, who finished eighth place last year in our internal poll. How they, they do uh, in the league? They had the worst start you can imagine in the league last year. They lost, I believe, six of their first seven. They finished uh, next to bottom, 30 points out of 28 matches, minus 11 goal difference, uh, two behind Fort Lauderdale for the second worst goal difference, and lost a lot of players. This this Tormenta team last year was weird. They had so many fun players that I, other than you know, my players that I just love watching. Um, Adi and Luka um, Markov were probably two of my favorite players, not on you know, on the week to watch. And now they, along with um, 14 of their 17, of, of their 17 players in most minutes last year are gone. Marco Michelotto as well. Uh, Seth Muller, John. Um, let's, oh, they, they, basically, the three guys they have kept that played a majority of minutes in the season are all defenders. 
they, they've been transferring a lot of guys who were still under contract, too. As far as I know, that was, was sold. Yeah. Um, the one that was just announced was, oh, gosh, Rodney Michael. I thought Rodney Michael was going to maybe start to uh, play for them more and maybe get some shine. He got sold. So it's, I mean, good job for Meta, but pro. it's, yes, it's their problem last year was they always had four like quality players in the field and they surrounded them with shit. <laughs> and um, so who they brought in to try and replace that? Well, the two headline names that they probably want you to talk about are Alex Morell, who was just announced, but um, Alex Morell scored one goal last year, just did not have a productive season last year. And of course, Keziah Sterling of Spurs, but I put an asterisk here, and if Ben wants to look at my tablet right here to see what that asterisk is, it's Spurs via Sunderland, via Doncaster, via the Mike and Leighton Orient, via Southend United, via Granite Morton of Scotland, via Potter's Bartown FC of the Isthmian League, 7th Division, England. So it sounds like he's a So, of wow. course, Tormenta, the champions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, played, he played for a, a team with bar in the name. But, uh, which, which could have fit in well. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, the players they brought in that I think we should be talking about are Ian Antley, who just had the worst injury luck the last two years. I think can be one of the best five defenders in the league, if you can say. <coughs> um, they signed Arthur Bosa from New Amsterdam, who has some, he has some run at, at Charleston Battery, scored some goals. He seems like he's a talent. But, of course, Tobias Etienne, who was their premium signing for a while before they started announcing more players that maybe had a little bit more name recognition. I think we all thought he was a guy that we thought would stay around one more year, was maybe didn't have quite enough film, because we all agree his ceiling is above the ceiling. Oh, oh yeah. And as of recording, I believe he's still not in the U.S. Oh. Oh. We know So... I ran down what could be a starting eleven for them with Pablo Hara in, in, in goal. If they ran a 4-3-3, which I don't think they've been doing in the past, Ian Cameron liked running a 3-4-3, but um, they could in the back run Curtis Thorne, Josh Phelps, Lars Eckenrode, Ian Antley. In the midfield, Toby Kingsford, a Jay, who had a couple of seasons in Menace, who might be a, might be a sub. And Adrian Bellard, who had a knee injury second season of the game, second game of the season last year. Uh, so just I'm hoping to see him perform more this year. And then Basula, Morel, and Sterling. That's not a bad lineup. It's they need to just they need to get luck with injury and maybe just get a depth player or two and they could really really contend for a playoff spot. Sounds like a team that maybe is gonna stop leaking goals as well. Like that sounds like a pretty solid defensive team. Their 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 midfielders did not defend. That's that's where they're that's where their crux was. Like. That's what that's that's where they were at. They just brought in one of the best CDMs from last year. Well, last two years. Or right backs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Toby's game at right back in Chattanooga was maybe the best individual performance any player had in our team last year. Yeah. That was he was he was a warrior that night. What a night! What a night! That what was. a night! Oh, what a night! Okay, good. I was thinking it too. I was, I was thinking it too. The old guys. <laughs> hey, Camille, how's it going? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else object to us? Uh, them finishing eighth. We had two people with them in fifth, but like, 
So that's playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just didn't know. It, the thing about it is, too, is like it, it's a toss-up between them and Madison because if you don't really know with the expansion teams or anything like that mm-hmm. how exactly they're going to do in the league. So I always tend to put them lower and under a playoff spot anyway. So that it kind of just was a process of elimination that that's what right. the I, they did. I had them just narrowly missing – um, in seventh, missing with playoffs. I think that's a safe bet considering how many guys they've let go. There's going to be some rebuild. They're probably going to bring up some guys late in the season from their two side. It seemed that was a safe pick for me. They, they need some good injury luck to have a good year. Yeah. They, with COVID hopefully not being as prevalent this year, because I know that has done a lot. Yeah. It, well, that was bad for them last year. They, I think, barely were able to travel uh, a team. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I guess fifth for me, it's kind of the same as Brian. It's it's one of those things that's like top four was one of those. There's going to be about the same four teams, in my opinion. Yep. Wherever order they finish in is what it's going to be. But, I mean, th- this is a team that bringing in veteran experience, guys that have been in the league, that could easily take some of those young guys, push them up, or they could have all the worst luck with injuries again. I mean, Ian Antley is, I don't think, finished a season yet without an injury. But, you know, it's one of those things that's just like they brought in enough guys that it could push them up. And, again, fifth or sixth or seventh in that range isn't crazy. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw we saw teams last year that – could were as high as second or third and drop completely out of the playoffs or down into a road match in the playoffs. So it, you could see a team like Tormenta being close at seventh and at the end of the season string four wins together and somehow jump into fifth place and and they make it into the playoff. I, it's not gonna. It wouldn't shock me if they were there. That sounds great. Yeah. Anybody else have anything else, or should we uh, move on to our seventh place team? Sounds good. Uh, so seventh place team uh, and. Early winner of the transfer announcement, signing announcement market, but as of late, nothing. Uh, Northern Colorado Hailstorm, which would be you, Riley. Yes, that would be me. Would uh, you like, uh, I got some Doritos if you want. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, I was actually thinking about those. I'm excited to get into them once we're done recording. Uh, so, obviously, I can't really talk that much about Hailstorm, at least in the format of how they did last year, players that are leaving, but they do have players and they do have storylines. <laughs> so we can talk about um, their coming into the league. They've been announced for, they, we knew about them at the start of last season, didn't we? Or, I think they were mid-season announcement. Yeah. We knew last season they were coming in. Yeah, yeah, so we're not, it's not one of those teams that we're like shocked about um, coming back. Um, because I think some of us were, I guess, surprised to an extent, uh, when the independents decided to come down, um, surprised to an extent, uh, when Fuego reannounced, um, but Hailstorm, I feel like is something that we were ready for until they started signing players and then they got a pre- on paper, they have a pretty good team. Um, I agree. so as far as recognizable names in their attack goes, um, for us, Lachlan McLean is clearly the number one guy that we'd want to talk about. I think that he's going to do what he did in Greenville and continue to score goals um, and be up there for the golden boot. 
Um, and I think that corner flags everywhere are going to continue to be terrified of that man. Um, I won't lie. Uh, I probably have the least USL one knowledge of everyone on this podcast. Um, (laughs) um, so that puts you in good company with USL fans across the league. Yeah. So, um, I know it's pretty in depth, um, for everyone else who's talking about guys who are coming up and where they're from and stuff like that. Um, but I don't quite have the knowledge and I'm just going to be honest about it. (laughs) So I'm going to take this opportunity to let anyone else hop in and talk about the the players at Northern Colorado. Well, you missed a big, you missed a big I don't think there's anything I'm missing there. No, no, there's a huge thing you're missing. No, it's really funny that you keep doubling down on it. It makes it even funnier. You know, the funny part is, is that they did sign a player <laughs> who should have won MVP. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that man's name is Ethan Vanacore Decker. <laughs> Obviously, he did not have the season with Union Omaha that he wanted to have last year. Um, no. But, yeah. I mean, he won the cup, or uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone wanted him to have the year that he had last no, year with his injuries, yeah. uh, coming back and getting hurt again in his first game back from his first injury um and just talking with him i think that he kept a pretty cool head about it to the general public but i think you could tell that it was definitely heavily affecting him he was not too excited on uh, november 20th i don't think he felt a lot of personal accomplishment in that championship yeah well (laughs) go ahead i i mean okay i gotta go back to lachlan because you said he scores a lot of goals yeah he played for Greenville for two seasons and scored ten goals. That's more goals than I could score. I scored mean, like, <laughs> like nine of them in his first season. Uh, maybe yeah. I, I just I mean he, he had injury problems last year too. That's fair. I just I don't know that that Lachlan McLean is this like it, he's not, it's not them bringing in Greg Hurst. No, like it's no year. longer a who's better Evan Conway or Lachlan McLean. Right, like, question like it was some yeah. people had early on. Like I, I don't I feel like one. This is a personal thing. I didn't forgot he signed with them. I don't think anybody forgot that Greg Hurst signed with Omaha. Now we didn't let people forget because us as fans were yeah. He had he had a goal every 171 minutes for Greenville. Lachlan. Yeah, because he played. He, I mean, he played what 30 matches total. Yeah, but in two yeah. seasons. Yeah. And yeah, he had injury problems. I just I don't know. I mean, you bring in a guy like Lachlan who had injury problems last year. You bring in Ethan, love EVD, missed the entire season due to injury. Um, almost. Almost the entire season. He When JP Scares got hurt in Tucson. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. How's it going, Ross? But like, <laughs> yeah, not calling any of our games this year. But the, those, are those, those are those types of things that's like, yeah, they're bringing in guys that we recognize. I just don't know that that's enough to push them out. I, I think it's very telling that um, as I had as coach. Who's coaching this league? He's pulling names that are recognizable. He's in this league, right? Yeah, he played for Chattanooga. Okay. Uh, Marky Hernandez going there, definite draw. But it's a lot of good individual talent. It's a lot of talent if you look at it has had injuries that have plagued them. Uh, EVD is a great example there. The 2020 season, short season, fantastic. Put him into a longer season. Injured half of it. Great player. Wish him the best. But I think he's not going to shine too much there. 
because of that that injury prone proneness proneness. proneness. Yeah. So you think he'll uh, be a super sub? I think he's going to be a starter. Well, sound like it. it sounds like he's going to start. He's been scoring great in their preseason, but I think he's going to be a starter until he gets an injury. Uh, if you look at them off the field, they don't have a stadium. They're building a baseball soccer stadium like we have. You figure that would be not a great model to follow because as we've shown yeah. that. Uh, but as of now, if you look at their social media, their social media is constantly pushing these new players signing to the league. They're, and I pop in about every month or so to just check local paper online uh, there. To see so you can get your free article? More or less. Okay. <laughs> but to see what sort of news there is about the club. And the biggest news has been that they lost their president. Um, of both baseball and soccer due to just lack of support for their front office. I haven't seen season tickets on sale, haven't seen any push that way. All the things that should be standard in a team their first year. So when it comes down to it, they're not going to have a home field, besides maybe altitude, a major home field advantage. And Windsor's probably like 6,000 feet, though. It, yeah, but if you're not getting that atmosphere... It's an empty stadium, what does it matter? And, it's actually, yeah. it's and their supporters really decided to name themselves after minor league baseball teams. Yeah. And that ties in well. Well, a, a soccer supporters group from uh, Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really is just very interesting to me how they look to the rest of the league versus how I think they're going to perform in the league. I, they have a stretch in the middle of the season that is just brutal. Yeah. They play like five games in 19 days. Baseball schedule. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we've run into that too with, with our home and aways and the way this felt. In fact, this season I felt like we're running into that a number of times. Yeah. we You know, with a lot of the Wednesday, Saturday type matchups. The, the other thing is, like, I don't think they're going to finish like Lansing did in the first season, but you get Lansing vibes in the sense of ownership. You know, yeah. it's did yeah, ownership quality product on the field. Well, but did ownership push the soccer side of it to get the baseball stadium built or whatever? You know, very similar vibes of what the Lansing fans felt happened with Dickinson. Like, is that is that what's happening here? Is is this guy? And after one season, the team I picked them ten. I'll just be honest. It, well, no, team, they, no team has a broader spread of where people pick. They were picked as high as third and as low as ten. I, I just think they're a team no one really like I get Charlotte only has eight players, but I think we all understood what Charlotte was coming down to do. You know, it was it was very much a North Carolina situation. Come down that we knew that was happening. This is a team that for all intents and purposes, the way they're signing players and the money they seem to be throwing out there. They, they had the intention of, of competing, but then everything else doesn't seem to line up they, to that. They also, they also were announcing player signings early and at kind of a regular pace. Uh, it's why I picked them ahead of Fuego. I, I, Organizational-wise, I think they're, they're, they're just better to hit the runway. I, uh, they run better. I personally think having a new team in the league, you have to have a lot of great things happen together to be able to be successful. Um, seeing what's happening behind the scenes, and in addition to that, seeing a bunch of all-stars come on, 
all stars on a team scare me because I feel like that is just showing that it might not come together as a concise team. You're not playing together. You're playing for yourself. You're playing for a name. You're playing to make this new team first. Whatever it may be, it might not be a team-based mentality, and that's what scares me. I picked them as ninth. So, I mean, that's that's where I'm going with it. There's no clear and concise combination that seems successful to me as of right now, obviously. And I have them in eighth place for very similar reasons to what you guys are saying. Yeah. I had them, yeah. Riley and I had them in third. And wow. I think, I think, I think I mean, if it all comes together, we have a bias on your, you have a t-shirt brand. Yeah, 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 it's possible, it's possible. <laughs> I, got, I got family in Windsor, like all kinds of things. And um, I just don't. <laughs> the truth comes out. Maybe that's it for me. I don't know, but uh, I, I think on paper they have one of the most proven rosters. But you know, can it can it come together? Sometimes that can hurt if you have all star mentalities like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're seeing it at PSG right now. If you want to look at the like, you have too many stars on one team. And or maybe sometimes they're just vastly overrated. They could be either thing. Hill scored FC. PSG. I mean, just based off of what we've heard from players who are giving offers there, they are overspending everybody else in the league for players. And whether or not that, it, as of right now, it doesn't seem like they have a right financially to support it. Um, but we, we've got to see what happens. We know the, that being a winner on the field only works so well for building. Well, I, I think it's too late. The, the two names we've talked about, you over, I don't know what either of these guys got. By the way, breaking news, we're going to play Des Moines. I don't know how much breaking this will be depending on when Riley gets his name. No, it's your name. It's going to be here first. People are going to listen to this podcast too. But I think that Sitting here next year, 
um, figuring out whether we place them. Oh, no, man, it's not going to work. Transition, no, man. Because number six is also a new team in the league. It's uh, Central Valley Fuego. Luke, you want to tell us about the Fuego? Uh, is your tablet no longer sounding like a missile silo? Yeah. I apparently hit the, like, uh, site. Central Valley Fuego is, in this iteration, a brand new side. Um, they are taking concepts from others, but they are not inheriting the Fresno FC uh, slot. That obviously went to Monterey, who has done eh in the championship. No outgoing players. That. What? Big news. Wait, how did they finish last season? They uh, did not win a game last season. Oh, man. Somehow finished 13th. <laughs> so they also had more kids. <laughs> they did not have a kit last year, so no. But no, people also undefeated. People. People. Yeah. Rich has a good point. They're, they're also undefeated. They, they were also undefeated. Hard, they're a hard one to pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, Riley, I need you to edit this out of the podcast. No, but uh, <laughs> I was wrong. This is actually our biggest variance one. And, and it, it came in with a tie. And because it was bigger variance, it had a higher high vote. I put it in. To, uh... I, I will say I have bias on this because I do like this team. I think this team is going to be the best expansion side since Omaha uh, for a lot of reasons. Incoming, uh, everybody on their roster is incoming. <laughs> but there's been a big, to- or a big push for local talent. Um, you're seeing guys who either grew up there, went to college there, just some connection to the area, which, as we know, is very important when you're building a new team to try and draw in as much as you well, can. Well, we don't really know that, but... Well, I... Well, no, uh, Xavier Gomez pulling from UNO uh, the first year. Elvier. Elvier. So, yeah, we, we don't really know it, do we? No. But Jay, I mean, had like you have Jay. I mean, that's yeah, I remember right. when they when their coach was announced. Luke Guys, I'm just trying team. to make a joke, okay? No, but Luke's <laughs> point's not wrong. Jaime <laughs> uh, Ramirez uh, as their head coach. Ben Central Valley since he was a teenager. Um, initially, came up undocumented, got kicked out. Found his way to come back in, started playing college there, ended up coaching the college he went to. Like has been just so ingrained in the soccer community there that if you went through um, at any point in the last 30 years, he's probably coached you. So incoming, you've got in no specific order, uh, Victor Falk, who played for Richmond last year as a CDM. Omaha uh, Jack. Yep. Uh, defensive midfielder, regular season, played 38 games, 2,899 minutes, so pretty much every minute of every game. He's a pretty good player. Yeah, I I think that's a very good one. Um, CDM is one of those really important positions to me. It can build the attack uh, 
beautifully. It can just really anchor your defense. So hugely important. Um, next one, guy I flipped off recently. Uh, I was wondering if you were going to mention that. Oh, yeah? Uh, Renato uh, Bustamante. Uh, uh, hey, he was spying on our team. Got to flip him off. Uh, I, I was so confused when I listened to that. The other day, I thought it was like a long, elaborate thing about Sam Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying Renata. No, 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 no. Uh, Renato Buscamonte, um, center forward, hasn't played in a couple seasons, hasn't played since Fresno FC, but played for Fresno FC, has ties there, was in Kansas City getting his USSFB license. So, based on the amount he's been playing professionally in the past couple of years, I think that's a good indicator that he's going to be more of that locker room leadership. A If he's been staying fit and he's been doing well, potentially wearing the armband for them. Um, really nice guy. Don't regret flipping him off, but Regret that I wasn't able to buy him a beer afterwards. <laughs> in the stands, he did describe himself as a player manager. Yeah. Um, we need more player coaches. Well, and totally. More Jackie Moons in our league. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that's uh, interesting in how um, they they were building, or when they were building their coaching staff, they, they held off for such a long time on announcing their head coach. Um, uh Ramirez was announced as their sporting director, I think, the week they, they announced the franchise. So, wasn't initially placed there, and I'm wondering if there was just a delay in being able to certify, and he might actually become their head coach. Because, depending on how that goes, that would be an interesting, interesting bit there. Next on my list, I have uh, Anthony Velarde, uh, was with Riverhounds, uh, right mid, 73 matches, all competitions, 11 goals, 9 assists. That's not bad numbers. Uh, very versatile. I think he's going to do very well. Has ties to the Central Valley again. Um, it, homecoming. It, it just builds builds with that fan momentum, builds with the team momentum. That he grew up there with a lot of these guys means that there's going to be that chemistry you don't have to you don't have to artificially create it. It'll be there. You don't have to go on a long road stretch at the start of your season to build it. You don't have to do that <laughs> or uh, be locked in on quarantine for half a season to, to build it. Uh, and the, uh, the last incoming player, uh, when, when we get to the other team, uh, I'll probably go into a little bit more is Maxi Schoenfeld. Yeah! I was hoping you were going to say that. Uh, coming from Tucson, left back, and is a league leader in a number of categories, but I'm going to talk about him as an outgoing player for another team later on. <laughs> I, I think it's a very telling move there. Um, two, he played for Tucson last year. Tucson, obviously, played very well under Perlman. I think he could be a, a key building block in their back line. And what was he last seen doing on the field, though? I'll get to that. Oh, okay, okay. okay well, that's fine. Well, that's when he's outgoing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have two sons as well, so outgoing player. Perfect. So that's from the perspective of the berm. 
I was sitting at midline, and so I have another story when he's coming off. Oh, there too. Yeah. We'll, we'll save. Yeah. There, there's a lot to talk about, Max. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's what I have for the highlight incoming players for me. Uh, their coach, as I said, initially pulled as their sporting director. Seems like he's done a great job scouting. I think they're going to have a fantastic side. They're very quiet on social to anybody in the league, but they're very heavy on in their community. Yeah, totally. That's Almost like a third division team should be. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the audience isn't online. I also think it depends on what. So, like, their Instagram, they're constantly posting stuff. Well, they, they know what's hitting with their community. They also been running a team podcast since day one. The president of their team is their podcast host. To be fair, our team looked into having a podcast, and the entire front office was like, "No, we don't need to do that. We already have one." Yeah, that do it. And at least one person in that podcast or in that conversation is now here. But, <laughs> but there were others. It wasn't just me. Just, just saying, hundred episodes in. We did something. I'm not sure anybody else at that conversation is still there, but that's a different thing. <laughs> no. Uh, well, that's a difference, that is. But they, they've been very good about directing everything towards building the franchise. Mm -hmm. They've also announced a USL2 side that will be launching this summer. Uh, they announced that March 4th. Uh, I think tryouts are this weekend for it. So... Great building that path to pro, good connection with the youth sides. Their plan is to build a full complex, everything. But having a guy um, like Ramirez there who's coached uh, Fresno Pacific University, uh, coached a lot of these guys, um, was the pre one of the previous iterations of Fuego um, head coach for the USL2 side that then became Fresno FC, was the head coach there. So a lot of a lot of build, and seems to just really be invested in his players, seems to be keeping tabs on everything, which is something Jay has been able to do. You see guys like Dion, guys like Connor coming back. Um, Amir came back last year. I, I think you're going to see that paying off for them this year and in the future, uh, just that connection. My, my storyline to follow for this... Mm. May, might be a little upsetting to Omaha people, and I hope it is to the front office and ownership. <laughs> Our league attendance records are going to get smashed. Ooh! Decimated. <laughs> One in ten killed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, for their USL2 side, they were regularly drawing 6,500. Okay. That's for that's for that's a, a lot of people. That's hey, just, side, yeah. just doing the math in my head. That's for a semi pro side. That would fill Morrison Stadium in Omaha. Yeah. Be like, uh, that'd be like uh, state championship final numbers. Yeah. Uh -huh. From earlier in the day. Their their baseball field oh. where Fresno FC played, um, which is not uh, where um, Central Valley Fuego will be playing. They'll be playing at University of California Fresno's. Um, stadium, which I think is a 5,000 person capacity. But at the baseball stadium in 2012, there was a exhibition match between Shivas and the Atlas that drew over 16,000 people. 
Okay. Well, they're they're drawn from a base of fans that I think we've all talked about what Morrison helped with last year that we in Omaha need to draw from. I, I think looking at their ownership, looking at their coaching staff, looking at their players, they understand the fan base more than the, the front office of Omaha ever will. What's the most watched league in this country? Probably the Premier NFL. League. No, that's the most watched league in this country. Yeah. Oh no, it—that's it, that's the base you're drawing from, right there. But when you look at the demographics of Central Valley, they have done extremely well in building their front office. They have a front office that looks like about twenty people right now. Jesus. How many do we have? Four. Uh, I think we're at 10th. Do you include the baseball side or no? How many dedicated to But really, really important. Uh, they have established supporters groups that uh, when President Elsie went away, they fought or they existed. They were supporting uh, the NPSL uh, teams, supporting the college teams, supporting the high school teams around. They have established supporters groups that have been there, have done this before. And I think that is going to be. Uh, regardless of where they play this or next season, future seasons, that is going to be a fortress for them to defend. And us going there is going to be dangerous. And I think Omaha, and I really hope this uh, negative effect on Omaha is that we lose all of our top attendance because. I really think we haven't been pushing it. I really think we need to take in the butt. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great that we set all these records, but like I think six thousand people should be the minimum for us. I, I think like, it's a it's abysmal. We haven't gotten six thousand yeah, people. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I thought that would be easy to do. So, so Luke, it be. Luke, where did you pick them to finish? Um, I third. Yeah. You picked them third. So you're high. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, again. So Camille goes first, and then JR. Camille um, has 11. I have my 11. Yeah. I, you made some really good points, um, but coming, I, I'm from California, um, and my mindset here was I, I feel like any new team in a league automatically is a little bit lower for me just because they have a lot to prove. Um, but... In California, soccer teams are diluted, and that's where I'm getting a little bit skeptical of how great they're going to be. Yes, they have some homegrown players coming in, but will that be enough to give them an extra ump in the league, or will all of the um, other players wanting to be in California, playing California, homegrown, be going to higher leagues in California? They're going to go to the Indians. So that's, that's my thought process. Just gonna say say this against you. You came to Omaha, the expansion side, finished second, and then won the league. Yeah. But but, but Jay Mims. Uh, all right. But, but I, 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 again, Ramirez, I think He's has has yeah. the possibility yeah. of doing yeah. more than Mims was even able to do here. I think long term, this team. Whoa. This, this team. I'm I big on this team is going to, we're going to see a lot from them yeah. long-term. Looking at this year, I don't know, just because of, of everything that I had mentioned. Luke, All right, JR, JR versus Rich, go. So, Luke, I agree with you. I had them in second place. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, he does all the writing. <laughs> <laughs> See, JR, JR does all the analytics and he has the knife, so. <laughs> oh, this is. I think they're building something special out there, and I'm excited to see what they have going, which is why I'm very happy that you know I was playing them in their first home match of the season because you play them early, get it out of the way, don't let them establish themselves later on in the season. Play that first game right off the bat, and then go from there. I, I, I'm riding high on them. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm a little, um, little worried that they kind of got off to a bit of a slow start with their announcements, announcing a coach. And I think having so much of – it's great that they want to tie in with the community. That's maybe something you should focus on doing a few years down the road. Just bring in the best players you can the first year. Would you call that if you're limiting your, if you're limiting, if you're, if you're limiting your player pool, then you're obviously potentially limiting your ceiling. So I, I'm going to disagree with something you said earlier when we were talking about Northern Colorado. <laughs> you said that you thought they had a better organizational structure. Than Central Valley before they decided to can their president. Well, so I mean, all things considered, a move. Yes, they took a long time to announce this coach. We don't know the reason behind that, but I actually think that they they've set this up in a in a smart way. Um, I agree with you going for local. That's, I picked them sixth. I think that they're going to squeak into the playoffs. I agree that I think going with local players. I think that it, what Luke was getting at is where my mind was. If you get a lot of guys that have played together in some fashion, building that chemistry fast isn't going to be a hard thing. We know that finishing sixth in this league isn't going – it's not a difficult thing to do. To, to well, ask Madison. Well, but I'm just saying, <laughs> to, slide, to slide into sixth, if you have some – I mean, we just talked about Madison not having maybe some of the locker room stuff going on. If you have a, a bunch of guys in the locker room that are playing for each other, playing for their local, uh, you know, their, their locals there, they're the furthest west team, so they have an advantage of just travel going for them. Um, they, they, they could easily come away with, I mean, I had Richmond later. Richmond finishing where they did last year, it wasn't like they had to go on fire and win a whole bunch. I mean, they – they had a, they had some really good wins. They had some really bad losses. They still ended up finishing fifth, right? That that's the same thing that this team could end up doing. They're also a team I could see ending ninth. I, I, it wouldn't shock me. I think that's why the variance. These are the two teams. The last two teams are the ones that we have zero idea what's going to happen. So yeah. we were just talking about Northern Colorado building an MVP roster. So you have local coaches. You have local players. You have them hitting the ground hard uh, to the local markets. You're building like a Hoosier type uh, atmosphere. Name on the front. Name on the back. Yes. Great for the second, third year building. Something. Yeah, that works and great for talking about this upcoming season. NCFC what, last year. What worries me with that is how in touch will they be with League One style play? And they might be clear and concise in the way that they play, but they haven't seen these opponents yet, and that's what always holds me back. With I thought they fed opponents. I, I, I <laughs> think the two on there that have done made playoffs, yeah, like in their defense. We haven't mentioned that forward of theirs from Bulgaria I mean, either. I, I have not. I I kept it to. Yeah. Why would you try? Even why would you yeah. just say his name? He's waiting for the MVP discussion. 
Hey, I, I, I picked four. I picked four from each team that I thought were going to be the most. That's fair. And I, I really think that they have enough people with local connections that have gone on to play Championship League One that it's not going to be a crazy, crazy jump for them to adapt to this kind of style of play. I mean, getting somebody who's been playing, you know. Fourth Division Scotland or Seventh Division Scotland. Uh, maybe, maybe that's going to be a beer league more. team in England. <laughs> uh, the Sunday league team, pub yeah, 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 yeah. But that that I could see being more more of a jump than these guys who haven't played together in ten years or five years. But coming back, playing for a coach that they played for that knows their style, kept tabs on them. Um, they. Playing with guys that, oh, I only played one year in college with them, but I, I played with them in college. Their, their front office, too, from what I learned from Sam, you know, for when that team got announced. I mean, that's a lot of people that Sam knew when he played in Fresno. It's a lot of his friends, and I, I think that... Fresno's really good, too. Yeah, I think it's, but I think it's one of those things that you have a group that came together in the front office, too, that know each other. It's not like our front office that first season where you're... Hiring, trying to find, I mean, yes, we had COVID, a lot of different things happened then. Uh, but, but I mean, you know, I think that their front office knowing each other, that that's part of that yeah. continuity that's going to be a part of that. Versus Northern Colorado that's seemingly a baseball team that just wants the tax money. The, the owls that had to leave, uh, leave Utah because of white pride thing. Alright, moving on. Oh, it's Luke at number five. Coming at number five is uh, FC Tucson, who we, as a pod, picked to finish fifth last year. And uh, a recurring joke on the podcast for at least the first half of the season was how bad that pick was. But, Luke, how'd they do in 2021? Fourth. Ah. And boy, did we show them fourth. Uh, so their record last year, 11-10-7. Worth noting that they did have a coaching change middle of the year. Mm-hmm. John Perlman took over after we kicked their butts at Werner Park. And under Perlman, they went 9-6-4. So all but two of their wins. And they got their butts kicked again at Werner We'll get there. We'll get there. This is their second year as a fully independent pro club. Um Previously, since they'd gone pro, they had been under Phoenix. They haven't, and this will be their first U.S. Open Cup since 2018 <laughs> when they were a, a PDL side, which is now USL2. Incoming players, or, well, I, I'll go with the the acknowledged outgoing first. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. Departures. Charlie Dennis, their top scorer from uh, 2021. Scored a feature with goal in Omaha. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Had a trick last year, too. Yeah. Left for the Oakland Roots. Um, Makes sense. And (laughs) hopefully he can find some better turf to play. (laughs) He's a good player. No, great player. Shaq Adams, uh, who I think I had as my, my player to watch for last year. Yeah, I, I, in my notes for last year, I said most exciting player not on Union Omaha. Jack yeah, Adams. And, and Jack Adams was somebody that it, throughout the 
Let's call us pundits for this moment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pundits throughout League One had always been very high on, um, you know, great guy to watch. Seemed like he was a um, great or great guy off the field. Uh, fun player. Now off to Charleston. Connor Casey knows talent when he sees yep. it. Yep. Um, Probably sees a lot of Omar Cummings in him for the uh, you know early aughts or late aught. You know Colorado. <laughs> I'm an old guy. I get that reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I personally thought he was underutilized at Tucson. Yeah, yeah. And I I hope that he gets more playing time at Charleston. Really, really think that there's something special in that guy. No, Frankie. <laughs> yeah. Um. 2021 was in camp with Union Omaha in Arizona. Did not sign with Union Omaha. Interesting. Interesting fun fact. Um, signed with Tucson. May have ghosted oh. Union Omaha. Did he? May have. Um, Where's he now? What, where'd he go? He, well, I also just want to add that he's a Creighton alumni. Yeah. Uh, and has gone from Creighton to trial and for Union Omaha to signing for Tucson, to now being signed for the Greenville Triumph. <sighs> Somebody doesn't really like Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe someone from Lincoln influenced him to go down to Greenville. Good point. Yeah. Good maybe. Point. However, he clearly didn't do very well for Tucson. Don't think he's going to do great for Greenville. He played 26 games for him last year. Yeah, he's got 26 games and one win against Omaha. I'm sure there are a couple players that played 26 games for North Carolina FC last year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll say this. One of those games was the game where uh, John Spears had a season-ending injury, or almost season-ending injury. Yeah. That somehow, actually, Ethan Bedecourt Decker was the one who was – Injured. <laughs> Who ended up? He, he just served all the time for JP. Yeah, incredibly tired of him. Thank you, Ross. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad you're still listening. I love, <laughs> I love Ross. He's great. Uh, and his "What's up with that?" references were unbelievable. Those, those were those were great. Yeah, and his social media trip to England, like blowing up on Twitter the way it did, that was kind of crazy. I mean, if only he blew up on how to say you can know how player names. <laughs> Ooh wee! Ross. <laughs> and as it promised, Mash Handle. There he is. Oh, Max. Yeah, we'll start that one off. Why would Tucson... What has Tucson lost by losing Max? Red cards. A Peruvian. Contrary to his name. One of their defenders that helped allow 42 goals in the regular season last year. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I do have this breakdown. He was the league leader yes. in yellow cards. Oh. <laughs> 11 of them. League leader. In red cards. Yep. How many? Four of them. And he extended his own league lead in the playoffs, right? Well, I believe, uh, I pulled these off of the USL League 1 site, and I believe they included the playoffs in there. 
So one of those was in the semifinal against you. I think he had three and was leading the league going into that game. So well, I, I, think that, I think it was tied. Um, he might be right. So he, uh, does that mean he serves in his first match team? Should. Uh, that would, if... So we're calling Evan Conway. If Evan Conway was serving in a different league altogether. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, he would have asked like, with uh, three red cards, would have been, um, I, I can't say that name from Gatineau, but Kapozuki? Kapozuki? Yeah. Uh, was tied with Frankie. Frankie apparently also had two red cards, so. No, they, I, yeah. There was that uh, North Texas game where there were, like, five red cards in one game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, needless to say, uh, I don't think that's a huge loss for, for Tucson. <laughs> Who did they replace him with? Anybody. So I'm going to kind of disagree with you on that point. All right. Having him being that defensive stalwart, uh, he was a huge disruptor for opposing offenses. Yeah, he was a huge disruptor for their team collecting all those yellows. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Well, too. Yeah. And reds. He got four red cards. He finished the game. In a 28-game season. This team gave up the fourth most goals last year. We made the playoffs. Yeah. They were chaos. Yeah. They were my dark horse last year. And they lived up to it. Boy, were they both a horse and Okay. So kind of like hockey has its bolsters. He was just out there. I mean, like, like you guys, guys said, chaos. I mean, he was just out there to disrupt everything, throw everything into chaos. When you didn't know how to play against him, and he straight up, you know, hit guys in the mouth, you didn't know how didn't exactly respond. No, like he, he had a smart smarter than you would hope. Smarter, not harder. You yeah. know, Mahan has beaten FC Tucson in six of the seven games they've played. I don't think disruption works against that. Maybe, maybe come up with a different idea. Yeah, well, and and they only won the other game because uh, we have kind of both that, I, I believe our best reaction to it, where we answered the hate with love. We did. There, there was a blown kiss. <laughs> there was also a photo wall. Hey, we all know the depth boys is full of love. They replaced they replaced him with Jake Krull, who has two yellow cards. Can I I, I can't play this. Who they replaced him with? Luke? They replaced him with Jacob Krull, recently married, former Tyler in the room with Union Omaha. Oh. By the way, beautiful wedding. Beautiful. Uh, Congratulations. We, we didn't yeah, get the yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get the email. Ben wrote a wonderful article on his journey. I have all the stuff. I, I did a cooking show with him. Mm-hmm. We have all the m- material for it. Did he make crepes? Yeah, they were incredible. <laughs> so, crepe maker, journeyman. Uh, uh, two yellow cards in 2,648 minutes. Wow. Nicest guy. Yup. <laughs> yep. Center back, left back. I bet, he's, I bet he plays left back for him. Listed as center back for them. Yeah. Uh, saved, you know, I heard me say this before, saved our season last year. Yeah. I hope he finally gets to play the position he wants to play. Just let him be happy. So he plays. <laughs> no. Could have been a he, back for us this year. 
Could have. But I understand he had two seasons where he was not a consistent starter. You moved west. I get it. I understand it. Arizona's a beautiful place. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know his wife, but I'm going to blame it on her that she, a uh, medical professional, found better work there and had a USL1 salary, and I cannot blame them on moving for that. <laughs> you, you know her better, so I, I'm really sorry if I'm. Yep. I, I'm not speculating any further. She <laughs> I am not sure. I feel like it was um, Kansas City, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, next incoming I had, uh, Elijah Winder? Winder? W-Y-N-D-E-R. Um, depending on how you pronounce your Americanized European names. Uh, Badly, generally for me. Yeah. Um, trust me, I, I've gotten lots of corrections on my last name. Um, Uperman, right? <laughs> the, the worst part is, do you know how many people are my father? Maybe we're on loan from Louisville. How'd that work out last year for other USL one teams? Uh, JT Kamara was not good for the team, but great for the player. Yeah, JT Kamara did very well. He should have been the league eleven. I I will say, um, this seems like a very good loan move. It's a recovery loan move. Um, He had a season-ending injury early on in the season last year, so this is a way to get him back up to, to full fitness, uh, be able to recall him for 2023 or even late in 2022. I think could do very well for Tucson. Um, can give them somebody who before signing with Louisville had great opportunity. I really hope that his season gets ended early because I don't want to see him come to full potential against us. You mean, you mean he's so good that he gets called back on? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Either, needs him. either way, maybe uh, Max Schoenfeld um, has a game against him. <laughs> but next, Franco Perez. Uh, left wing on loan from um, Aldovizi, too, uh, depending on your source. I, I Tucson claims that he's coming from the, the senior team, but it seemed like transfer market was saying he was coming from the two side. They are saying that. Yeah. Uh, in Argentina, they, if it's the, the senior team, they play in the top flight. Uh, if it's the second division team, I don't know where they play, but it's not the top flight. <laughs> but uh, a good use of an international loan, uh, international slot there. Um, Hopefully a good replacement for uh, for Charlie Dennis um, and, and bringing more of that attacking power and giving a guy an opportunity and maybe acquire him on a, on a permanent in years to come. We'll see. And next one, a very interesting uh, jump uh, you know, from the Caribbean. It's actually, uh, you know, Going up the Gulf Stream and then uh, taking the snowboard up. Kevin Shaw, uh, Jamaican national team player. Um, 
last with Atletico Ottawa in the Canadian Premier League, which is a team fully owned by Atletico Madrid. Cool. Oh, sorry. Right, <laughs> <sighs> Riley hasn't had chips in a little bit, and so. Uh, no, I just I heard the words Real Madrid, and that's uh, Atletico. Atletico. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're all good. Yeah, you get really strong feelings about Diego Simone. <laughs> but uh, as a uh, CDM, uh, central de- defensive mid, I think could be very very strong there. Bring in, um, bring in some great talent. He's played top flight, albeit in Canada. Uh, has at this point, I believe, six caps for um, Jamaica. Uh, ben, I believe, has transfer market pulled up. Can, can verify. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I'll uh, hit on that one. Uh, but they they seem to have done some some good international trades, and uh, I I could see them. I could see them really six caps with the senior yeah. team. See them succeeding with with the new squad, um, even with their losses. So, okay. Do you have any storyline spots? I did. John Proman. Yeah. First full year as uh, as head coach. Any relation to Ron? I hope so. Uh, I have a friend who looks just like Ron Perlman. <laughs> and uh, okay, we're not gonna. No, we're, no. we're not doing this. Yeah. The joke is that Ron Perlman's his dad. <laughs> Wait, is he really? Uh, that's the longer story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got a whole... I don't need to air my, my buddy. Riley, you have your own out. podcast that you can go on. This. No, I so said we have a whole car ride home together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to air out my buddy's life on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I do think John Perlman getting a full, full year at the head of... Tucson is going to be extremely beneficial. Uh, him getting to choose the roster he wanted it is going to be very strong. I think he lost a few players that just contracts expired. Your typical League One, one plus one. Um, but seeing seeing how he can develop this side and and bring it in, they've had a fairly fairly <laughs> successful preseason. Uh, it's my friend what, looks like Ron Perlman. Did. Jake Kroll actually score a goal today, I, or yesterday? I think I saw that on um, yeah, on I social. Saw, yeah, I saw that on social. Yeah, he so they're they're already benefiting from Omaha. Um, <laughs> so last year, when Tucson appointed that new president of operations, uh, yeah, when she was saying that she wanted to build a much more family friendly environment in the stadium, do you think that played into some of the player departures? No. Um, I, I think it played into the fact that a lot of them were brought on, um, in the Phoenix years and under Dallas and the contract negotiations may not have been as firm as they would have liked. So contracts expire and another team's offering more money or they're getting the opportunity to move up. You don't want to hold a guy back as Omaha is clearly not done this year. You want to let the guys go forward and let them do better. So I, I don't think it's the departures are based on that. I think Amanda Powers, what she's doing with that team, um, a female-led organization there is making great strides in the community. She is. Yeah. It has been doing just absolutely amazing work with that, that whole 
whole organization. Um, I don't see them slumping anywhere this year, if not, or getting better in competition while competition around them gets better. I agree. But the other other storyline I have with with the one one exception, no Frankie. Why the move? <laughs> I I I want to look into this further. I think this is an evolving story. Don't have the answers right now, but just say it. I mean, ghosted one team and jumped to Greenville. I I think he left us on red. <laughs> All right. You ready? Let's move on. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just want to throw out that we've been going for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. It's going to be a three and a half, four hour pod, guys. Come on. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I don't remember what my FC Tucson thing is. Oh, anybody disagree? I picked them eighth. Yeah. I think they might, like, they've got goals to replace. It's a lot easier to find a defense to kind of try and plug the sieve of goals, but lost a lot of goals that they have to replace and it's i think they had a lot of good luck last year to finish where they finished and that might come back to haunt them i haven't picked a third and i'm second guessing that right now i think that's too high uh, i had them at six i'll say that yeah i i think i think they stabilize and i i think it's not unreasonable to say they got very lucky last year and they're going to regress but I think they stabilize, and I think they do okay. Their form at home was pretty incredible. Again, travel. Yeah. It's like it's like Fuego. I think that you know travel can impact that a lot, especially going west. You have a yeah, lot of east. You have a lot of west flight. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of east coast teams going west. That's that's a lot of travel. Uh, speaking of a lot of travel, teams have to go to the east coast when they face our number four team, the Richmond Kickers, who Man. we picked third last year. Who also dropped some incredible kits. They did, yeah. yeah. Um, Throwback kits. Y'all disappoint me with this pick. Was I the outlier? Uh, I outlier. Anybody uh, have anybody hype? I have second. I think I might have put them third. I have them on the number. I have them on the number. On the number. I have them at six. Yeah. Luke had them at eight. Yeah. Yeah. I had them on the. You heard that, Elliot? A lot. I did that because of Elliot. Fair. Uh, all right, so um, yeah, Richmond finished last season in fifth place. The the big thing I'll, I'll say one of my storylines now is the one of the big things for them was they went on that like five game win streak right at the end of the season, but then lost their last three, which includes their first the playoff game. So they they ended the season on a downturn. So I can see why you would pick them lower. Uh, exits uh, I focused they had eighteen total departures, so I just focused on names people have heard. Some names already been thrown out there: uh, Falk, Anderson, um, Ian Antley, Cameron Vickers left. He's a guy that was with them for a while. He actually he dropped to Nisa, so um, he's he's playing for Albion uh, SD in uh, in Nisa. Uh, Magales and sure. Mont was that's a real quote. <laughs> yeah, and Monticelli. Uh, they both retired, and then the other person they lost was uh, was Avisa, who was one of their their backup keeper, um, and. According to transfer market is without club. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, incoming players, I, I cheated a lot here because they did. They've announced so many things. It was crazy to try and keep up with. They picked up options on several players, including uh, Nathan Ani, who played played for Union Omaha in uh, twenty twenty. 
They re-signed Akira Fitzgerald, reigning goalkeeper of the year, even though the reigning goalkeeper of the year actually plays in Omaha. Um, Bulldog was re-signed. Terzaghi was re-signed. He's two-time reigning. Terzaghi's on a multi. He's on a multi, yeah. But they, well, they announced it as a re-signing on their website. So that's why I listed it that way. And, and their announcement was listed as a re-signing. Um, through, I think they re-signed, or maybe they extended him through 23 or something like that. Uh, but Terzaghi, reigning two-time MVP and Golden Boot winner. Um, uh, Bolaños has been on the team. And then one of the guys that re-signed, uh, his last name is Kazi. I, I kept him in here, not because he he's a goalkeeper. His dad actually played for Richmond in the mid-90s, so I just thought it was cool. Um, they also brought in uh, a guy that was uh, Ethan Bryant. He was a loanee for them last year. They signed him to a permanent deal. Uh, they brought in Matt Bentley, who's a former Minnesota United Super Draft pick. Um, they brought in uh, Stuart Ritchie, who's a former U.S. international. They actually brought him out of the Hanover 96 Academy system. So brought him over from Germany. Uh, he also spent two seasons uh, playing in the Dutch League. Uh, playing against Ajax, so they, they played, I don't remember the team, but he played up there uh, on loan. Losing uh, against Ajax. Yes, losing to Ajax. What kit are you wearing today? Uh, my Ajax kit, under my <laughs> Nebraska sweatshirt. Um, I, I wore this just to make Luke mad. Uh, they brought another guy um, from Argentina. He actually started with Boca, uh, but played in the first and second division in Argentina for most of his career. He's also played in Croatia. Um I didn't, I, I didn't bury the lead. The only reason I left Christian Molina as low as I did is because it seemed like a big deal at the time. And then they signed a crap ton of other midfielders. And I have a really bad feeling for Christian that the same thing that happened here is going to happen to him in Richmond, which is he was signed as a depth player. He signed for that reason, and he's not going to see the field a whole lot, especially with some of the other signings. Big confidence reset for him. He's going he's gonna to take so. it to the next level. We know Christian. I like Christian. He's a really nice guy. I really hope. He has a good season. Richmond might be a better cultural fit, though. It could be. Um, they've also brought in uh, a few guys. They brought in um, a guy that's his first professional contract as a midfielder. Another guy that's joining from Charleston Batteries, a midfielder. Um, and then they brought in they, – so they signed two other goalkeepers, which those guys aren't going to see the field unless he cures injured or has a red card. Um, speaking of short goalkeepers that are really good in our league – um, so, uh, notable storylines, one of the reasons I picked them second is because I think a lot of their big names, a lot of the guys, Trezaghi, people like that, that have... The two most important players came back. Yeah, but I think, I think a lot of that, the consistency for them is back, and I think that last season, that they had a weird season where the first half, their, their five, they had, hang on, they had 11 wins, I think six, their first six wins... All were spread out, and then, like I said, they won five right at the end of the season. But I, I think that this is a team that um, having some of that consistency back can help them quite a bit. Um, and, and they've added veteran players on top of some of these uh, younger players. But uh, isn't Terzaghi like 40? He is. So that's my other storyline, and it's a question is, can he do it again? You know, I think last year we were we were a little skeptical. Could he win Golden Boot and be MVP? We know this league, pretty much the Golden Boot winner, ends up being MVP. So, can Terzaghi do it again? Realistically, he is their goals. So, if he's not... They, sport, built, they, built, it, they built it around him like that last year, and they've done it again this year. Yeah, he's he's the a Robert, really attacking player. Is he the Robert Lewandowski of USL League 1? Uh, not quite the number of goals, but sure. 
Uh, he had 10 to, uh, in 2020. He had 18 last season. I, I mean, it was like the same rate, like down to the like yeah. second decimal he's, place. It was ridiculous. He's 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 a really he's a good scorer. I think uh, I think that you know he having a guy like that that's a two-time MVP, two-time Golden Boot winner. You can't count a team like that out, especially when teams like ours have lost the goals that we've lost. Um, you know, John is just talking about that with other you know. Other teams are losing goals. This is a team that brought those things back. Uh, and then the third thing, I, I, I just, I would be interested to know, as a locker room, yeah, you lost 18 players, but you brought all these returning guys. How does that kind of almost collapse at the end of the season? I think they were, what, in third or pushing for second before those last two losses. I mean, they, they were looking, they went from having a home playoff game to having to travel for their playoff game, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on the last night of on the, the season, last night of the season, like they but, went back and lost again the next weekend. Right, but you know, so having that three game losing streak at the end of the season has an impact. But it almost team. kind of like put them in the spot on the table they actually deserve because yeah. they had their season was win one game, loser draw the next three, win one game, loser draw the next three, yeah. and then went on the streak to kind of kind of put them maybe a little higher than they deserve to be. Well, I don't think their fans were too upset after they saw what we did in Tucson. Um, they didn't come to Omaha. Yeah, for, yeah. In general, I think they looked at that and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> Things didn't. And was it two of the three losses in the season? Was it two of those two Tucson? It was us, Tucson, Tucson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of those. All, all in the red. I think that, that last thing before the playoffs, man, that was between uh, Richmond and Tucson. That was a fun one. It was a fun game. That's what got Tucson the whole match. Yeah. It, it vaulted them from seventh, right, to fourth? Yeah. yeah. Forget the order of operations when it came to when North Texas played and what could happen. I think at that point, the six playoff teams were set. Right. But it just depended on where. Or maybe Toronto could have gotten in if Tucson had lost or something. So, I mean, I. I I'm probably overvaluing Richmond. I like Richmond. I, they have been around the longest. I mean, they've been they've, they've had a good structure for a long time. They have a really good fan base. I think returning a lot of your – we saw how returning the strong base and bringing in some other players can really catapult the team even higher than what they were projected. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them finishing in the top two getting the last. All right. How, how, that one probably wasn't very too much. Sounds great. The, no, I'm saying like did everybody everybody probably had them as a playoff team. Luke Luke said he gave them uh that was we had no, no. five of us yeah, Luke said he was trolling. Five of us had him at four. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else had him all about the same. So we all see him as a top four team. Yeah. yeah. Battling to try and host yeah. a playoff yeah. Team. yeah. Yeah. Which I think that They're, that's the team that's their team. You're never gonna go in thinking that's an easy result. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that is what hurts them though. I, I think that Tucson because Tucson was their final match of the season. They went home and then had to play them the following weekend. I think that hurt them a lot with that extra travel. Yeah. Um, even if you stay there for that extra week, that's a week away from home, in a, in a hotel, not training at your facilities. So that hurt them a lot last season. If they would have beat Tucson, I wouldn't have been surprised to see them give us a better match than Tucson gave us. I think that defenses are going to be – on the whole, a lot better this season. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to um, limit Terzaghi's production. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the way that he plays, he's not extremely flashy. He's your cleanup guy. Yeah. Dump it into the box, he's going to finish it. And he's never looked good against Omaha. No. Well, you only watch Omaha games. It's well, like, uh, who, who is, why? What? 
Jay made a point that it's, uh, we talked to him in 2020 about shut Tozagi down. Yeah. The guy scored against Boca Juniors. Like, yeah. shut him down because yeah. he knows how to score. Yeah. All you do is put a spy on him and just follow him around the field wherever he goes. Yeah. Because if you risk or passing... Or put a guy like on him. That's true, too. Because <laughs> yeah. if you risk the communication from one defender to the next, there's going to be a breakdown at some point. He's going to get by. He's going to score. Cool. So, that's what I had. Great. Well, uh, we're in our top three now. Uh, last year, we picked him to finish sixth, the Chattanooga Red Wolves. And I have Chattanooga. You so, did. at the end of the regular season, they finished third place with 11 wins, 11 draws, and six losses, totaling 44 points. They were one of those teams that was very stable in that top two, top three position the entire season. But then they had a similar fall like Richmond did at the end of the season where they ended up costing themselves the first round by uh, by letting Greenville skate by them. Um, so they were able to beat North Texas in the quarterfinals of the playoffs 2-1, to one, but then they lost in the next round to Greenville uh, by 0-2. to um, As far as their roster, they have a ton of defensive turnover. They have 13 players... Uh, overall, who left the club, and uh, looks like they had quite a, a few defenders that left. Um, and of the 13 players that did leave, five of them are still free agents, haven't been picked up anywhere. Uh, but the most notable players that left, obviously Jonathan Ricketts, uh, he was one of their defenders. He went to Rio Grande Valley in the championship. Good for him. Out of our hair. Uh, he the less any... rickets I hear about, the better. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get any minutes in the first match for them, but he did uh, get a few in the second. And then uh, Ricky, Ru Ricky Ruiz, actually uh, the forward for uh, Chattanooga last year, went to Rio Grande Valley in the championship as well. And he's been getting plenty of minutes for them. And he actually had an assist in the second match for them. Not surprised. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. The microphone can't hear us. Hey. <laughs> I believe we did already talk about oh, them, but Mark did this. Uh, Hunter and Olivia's what I can feel like next week. Storm, FC. So he'll be another yeah. Mom. One thing I did find interesting with their roster turnover is they sent a goalkeeper to Indy 11. Oh, see, I was but just thinking, like, I'm moving this like, back to the end of this month. For my Indy 11. Left. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Indy 11 yeah. seems to be kind of the yeah. Chelsea or USL. But they're owned by the Ricketts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying they have like 8,000 people signed. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Loan army. Yeah. Loan army. Yeah. 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 Um, so as far as I've got a good loan army joke for you that we're not going to ask Riley to edit out of the pod, so I'm going to text you. Uh, as far as their preseason results, they beat Memphis 901 FC. 1-0, uh, and then they also beat that later yeah. too, 1-0. Wait, are we still talking about no lights up here? Not worry about being uh, And their most recent preseason match was against Columbus 2, where they lost 1-2. to two. Um, They lost to MLS next team. Yeah, yeah we'd uh, hate to have a team do that. 
Well, Columbus 2, as an aside, is basically a USL team. Like, they have, like, four or five guys they signed directly from League 1. Yeah, Anyway, sorry. And uh, next week in the Open Cup, we play Liverpool City from the also as far as storylines for them, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they revamp their defense uh, with such a huge turnover. I personally like to watch defenses play. I like to watch the movement. I like to watch the marking system uh, versus the zone system, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm interested to see how that happens. The other biggest storyline on the other side of the field is with their offense and their scoring because Juan Galindrez had 11 goals last season. The very next player on their list was Juan Fernandez with five goals, and he's with Hailstorm. And then the next two players were Jonathan Ricketts and Ricky Ruiz, who had four. So of their top four goal scorers, three of them are gone. some things out with their defense, um, but I think their offense is going to be a huge question mark. They're going to have some wilder games this year, I think. Yeah. A lot. Wilder in the case of like more 3-2 games as opposed to one games. Hang on a second. Wilder games than yeah. scoring in the 90th minute all the time? You, yeah, you guys had them at second. Yes. I had them as well, but you guys defend the position instead. You guys, of course, being JR and I personally just felt like they had a really great performance last year and they're just I feel like they're gonna come in as a challenge like they did last year. Um there were there was a team that I wanted to put above them and there was a team that I wanted to put below them and so they decided to fall right in between and that was kind of my decision there. I don't have much more to say. Uh, Jimmy Ogleta built a team with the guys he wanted last year, and they might be a little thinner this year. They might struggle with goalkeeping this year, but I think camaraderie this year versus last year is going to see them over that hump. Is Jimmy Ogleta the least respected coach in the league? One person put him on their three-deep coach of the year thing, me. And yes. he did not win a coach of the award month award last year, even though his team was basically in the top two spots from the first kick till the last. No, I, I think he's a poor loser. I'm not a fan. I, <laughs> I have yet to meet anybody who is. From 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 information that I have been given by people that have uh, have known him closely, he has to build a team based on guys that want to be there. Because there's not always going to be guys that want to play. It, it seems like um, 
believe he gave an interview on Walking 90. Uh, seems like he has a very set personality that might be a little bit more difficult to get along with. However, uh, based on our interactions in Chattanooga, he was very friendly when they won the game. <laughs> he was less friendly when it didn't seem they were going to win the game. And while that could be said of just about anyone, he made a point to come over to the, like, 10 fans. And some people will take that one way, and they're like, oh, he's being nice. And yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Speaking of uh, games in Jessica, coming in second place in our poll, slight upset, Union Omaha. A lot, a lot of traitors. You are traitors. Camille put us at eight. Before, I know that. <laughs> before before Riley, Riley jumps in, in I, I will say that um, for a team that's a team that's reloading pretty heavily, for all of us who come to an uh, area of them finishing second again, is that's pretty. I felt I felt bad placing them third. Like that, I was the traitor that Luke was shouting about yeah, I was, because, because I was like, I don't want to be a homer, but also I think, yeah, later. Um, but I don't think that uh, I just, yeah. There's a lot to replace there that I don't know. We're calling you know on the Alabama football of the of the one that is not. It's not a negative in any sense. I know it's just it, it's weird to say like. It, it was weird to feel like putting them at third was like me betraying the team that I helped record a podcast for. I know, Luke. I get it. You well, so, so half of half of this room, people in this room, put them at number one, oh, and God. the other half uh, split between three and four. So averaged out to two. So Rich originally very cheapish over there. But I am the other person on four. So I will go ahead and defend it. I think uh do your job for you. Go we have so many we have so many question marks, which I'm looking forward to hearing you guys answer later in this podcast. But I think it's I think it's we have very few returning players. We have a lot of stability in the coaching staff. Um but we succeeded most in the year where we had a rough draft form, and this feels a lot like a rough draft right now. I, I guess, yeah, I, I'm on the – I mean, I was only one spot higher at third. But I guess in my mind, uh, defense is going to be fine for the yeah, most absolutely. part. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not, you're returning the golden glove player. You're, you're returning uh, DK um, – you know, maybe, maybe we return a lot, too. Yeah, we don't know. And, and we're, it seems like from people that got to go down to Kansas City, the, the pieces around them in defense are going to fit in. We're going to find that. I just worry we lost two guys up top that one was constantly on fire and the other one came back from an injury and just happened to score two hat tricks in a month. Like yeah, we're, we're losing our two same. top scoring. Hold my beer on being on fire. Well, and yeah. they were literally the, the top. Yeah. But th- th- those are, yeah, I don't want to step on your toes. Too uh, much work he he just lost his game. He started tonight. Yeah, fair enough. You, you have to, I'm going to let Riley speak on this for sure, but you have to just think about the fact, um, even last year at the beginning, there was a struggle to score. Mm-hmm. We've always had that. But there has always been a tactic and a method to combat that. Yeah. And so if you keep in place 
what is our ideal formation. Nevertheless, I'm not agreeing that it should be the same, <laughs> but um, keeping that defensive idea is going to be so beneficial. And so that's what I'm thinking is thinking about previous season and how we already had struggled to score and attack and we were still successful. I don't know. Anyways, Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riley, give us a rundown on the team. We've talked about this already. You're going to do a light job on this. Yeah, I, I think I probably I won't fun. have yeah. as much to say as um, the previous teams we've been talking about, just purely based off the fact that we're our much more knowledgeable friends here are going to dive a little bit deeper. Uh, but last year, Union Omaha won 14 matches, drew nine, lost five. Um, they scored 44 goals. They allowed 22 for a goal difference of 22. Um, good math. Google's fantastic. He's, uh, he's super buried the lead here too. So our, and a fun fact about the season last year is our goal difference was higher than the lowest goal difference in the league. So, uh, North Carolina had negative 20 and we had positive 22. Nice. Um, Where, that, that is finish? life, the universe and everything over them. <laughs> um, what so place did we finish? We finished first. We hey, won, we, we picked them first. Hey. We got that one right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geniuses. I, I, don't, I, I won't touch too much on incoming players because we have so many of them that I think it'll come up a lot as we dig a little bit yeah. deeper here. Um, we for but two hours. I did want to quickly touch on Pretty two much. important outgoing players, and I think one of them we've already touched on a little bit, Greg Hurst. Uh, he was... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's gone. We're done. Well, so, I'm not done with you. I'm over it. I don't think about it ever. So, My kids don't ask me about it. He played 30 games last year for the club, scored 14 goals, assisted two, and accrued six yellow cards. Uh, and he obviously, as the rest of our attack, um, went through injury problems for a lot of the year. Greg at least was our one constant who was always up there trying. He did have his dry spells through the year or throughout last year, uh, but he was always up there, always cre- trying to create something. He was always putting his best foot forward, even if the balls weren't going to the back of the net. Um, and so I think our attack will miss that a lot until we can find that person who has that identity on the team. Um, and I think the Phoenix Rising has probably one of the better story, like a player who can go on to be like this, one of the success stories of the champion or of the USL system. Um, is there someone that USL can champion as like this guy came from us? The next Ricardo Pepe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gregor's going to be the next the Ricardo Scottish Pepe. Ricardo Pepe. Yeah. So Phoenix, don't bench him. Ricardo Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think they're just rotating out. Yeah. I, I think they got yeah. so many games. Well, they have uh, just a, plethora of attacking talent. They do. Yeah. If I was Greg and I saw that pitch in Vegas, I'd say, fuck this, I'm not playing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> My hamstring hurts just a little bit, guys. Better sit. We're doing pretty good. Uh, three bleeps and, and two hours. <laughs> that won't be bleep. Um, so, the other guy, the, and I think he, what I don't know, no one in this room is going to be surprised to hear me say this. I also think that he could be Oh, one of those guys that the league can champion. You love you love Devin Boyce that much too. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, full credit to Devin. Devin's an incredible player. Um, but I am, of course, talking about Davi Aviator. Uh, 
Joining Sacramento FC, um, Sacramento Republic. Um, Whatever their name is. Yeah. Republic FC. The and team of in course, Sacramento. Of course, honorable mention, Ferdy Sosa, our captain, also ended up there. Um, also former captain. Former captain, also ended up there. Um, he also played right. we'll 30. Dami also played in 30 games last year. He scored seven goals. He had six assists. Um, and four yellow cards, so less than Greg as a defender. Um, Tommy scored six bangers in a penalty kick. That's, yeah, that's really what happened. Was Tommy a defender? No, no, no. Well, I mean, not in the last game of the season. <laughs> Definitely not in the last two. Yeah. Um, but I think Tommy's creativity is going to be missed a lot on the field. Um, someone that was super hard to game plan. I feel like he brought a lot to his game. That when you look at a roster and you see a left back. You're not really expecting to see the things that he did on the field. Um, like Ryan? We'll talk about Ryan Chico later. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the best possible way, yeah. of course. No pressure. Um, it, it seemed like every time the ball was at his feet, uh, the whole stadium kind of came to their feet because they, they knew there was magic to come. And so that's one of those things that uh, isn't really coached and is something that I think naturally comes out of a player. Um, when they're in the right situation. And so I think we'll need to find that creative inspiration for the team this year. This is not a love letter. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it, it's turned into one now. <laughs> but you are waxing poetic. Yeah, so, it's all right. Um, yeah, I think those are the two guys that are going to be the hardest for, to replace on the team this year to find those roles. Well, oh. Not the not Union Omaha's career leading scorer. Yeah, no mention. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Starting tonight. Yeah. I mean, Landon Donovan. I you know who coveted him for two seasons. I really really appreciate what Evan Conway did for our club. Um, I just think when we're talking the context of last year, there were two other guys who were more important to the club. If I'm being 100 percent honest, that's not any disrespect to Evan. We had two guys that scored a com- I think I think we could, goals. I think we could spend another two hours debating whether or not Evan or Greg was more important and not come to consensus. All right, let's go. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I do want to say one thing. So, team Evan. As, as far as no offense, story, Greg. I know we played 12 less games in 2020. But we more than doubled our goals scored in 21. And that's why I'm like, I'm worried. In August, we were talking about, like, will this team ever score again? Yeah. Probably. Statistically, one would think yes. And, like... And then Evan, like, quadrupled his goal scoring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll add some notes on who I think will score again. But let's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hearing no objections, we'll move on to the only team we haven't covered. Coming in first place, uh, bitter nemesis on the field, uh, although less so after the final. <laughs> Number one, it's hard. It's go hard. Go check my uh, pin tweet still. Yeah, it's hard yeah, for a team that puts in that performance in the biggest game of the year. Uh, it's hard for a team that has never not lost a League One final, <laughs> including when they played themselves. Uh, the Greenville Triumph. Um, I was looking at last season, and they're pretty stat-heavy. It's very impressive. I did not um, predict them to be first, but looking at incoming players, departing players, and what they were able to produce last season, I understand the consensus. 
Um, they finished in second place last year. And Which is what we picked as well. Yep, and they uh, lost to Union Omaha in the final, and the score was 3-0. They had 12 wins, 9 draws, 7 losses. Do you hear that, Remy? (laughs) And they only had a goal difference of 7 in the season. So they had 36 goals for and 29 goals against, tied with Chattanooga. That, so that stat surprises me. Mm-hmm. What the goals allowed? Yeah, just because of everybody thinks it Gre- was basically Statesboro, North, and Greenville for like yeah. a month. They well, that's what I, I get, but I just it just it surprises me because I think when we all think of Greenville, we think of defense. Yeah, and so seeing that, I mean, they definitely got by. Their goals score said a lot for them. I think that's what got them to their results. Um, their storylines, they had four all-league team selections, um, four in second team. So they had two defenders, um, Brandon Fricky and Abdi Muhammad. Uh, they had a midfielder, Aaron Walker, and Mario Salomis, the forward, was in first team. The belt has entered the podcast. Just so everybody knows. Hey, Remy, I'm sending this to you. This just, is what happens. Just as a reminder. This. this is what happens when you start thinking hour three is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say they had over under 22 team of the week appearances. Um, it's pretty impressive as a season. Um, the departing players to avoid redundancy, the ones who are going to different leagues, are midfielder Max Hemmings is going to Galway United FC. Uh, to join Mikey Rowe from USL League One as well in Ireland. Uh, Dallas J is going to Monterey Bay FC. Um, Andrew Booth to Charleston Battery, Abdi Muhammad, Columbus Crew. And then we know, um, yeah, two. And Alex Morell and Lockie, we already, we already talked about them. Uh, incoming players, there's a lot, but I'm just going to touch on three of them. Uh, Lucas Coutinho is coming from FC Tulsa. He was at Tormenta for two years, so he's yeah. he's uh, he's coming Virginia, back. Virginia, that's a great name. And uh, I think he's going to be, a, honestly, a great addition to Greenville. Uh, Keegan is coming back. We already touched on him. And uh, Jacob Labovitz, I, I think that's a pretty interesting addition. He's a Virginia Tech All-ACC addition. 23 goals and 9 assists in his career. Um, so he's coming in for his first um, professional debut. So that's pretty interesting. There's some others. Uh, we touched on a couple, Noah Frankie, Peter Pearson. Um, but as far as Greenville, I, I just feel like they've always been a strong competitor. Um, one little mention that I want to put in there is that they did uh, propose a $39 million stadium. And uh, that got rejected. Shut yeah. down. The Kembe Matumbo. And I just uh-uh. want to say that Vice... back to hour one with the airplane <laughs> flying around. Vice Chairman Doug Irwin said, quote, We want to keep the team in Greenville, and certainly we think there's a way going forward. They only have one more year in their current... Um, high school group. stadium? Yeah, it's a high school so, stadium named College. Yeah. So we'll see. It was a prep but, school, I assume. Yes, yeah. yeah it's but that—that that is uh, all I really wanted to touch on for. I mean, is it shocking that we picked them first when they made the final yeah. every year? Yeah. I mean, yeah. with the same coach. 
Jason Who? Players. I don't remember his name. I don't know that guy. Some <laughs> asshole. <laughs> That's four. <laughs> I think they're going to run away with it. Yeah. I, I think they're stacking the roster. I think they're making the right moves. I, I 100% think that Greenville is going to run away with the league this year. That, like, being able to sign a ACC, all-ACC player, like, that's not a type of college signing we've seen a lot in the league. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've seen a lot of... That's usually a super draft yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, ACC is a soccer. I wanted to bring up. Does the MLS draft even matter anymore? No, 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 no. Right along. Right along. But not like the top four picks. Teams are really still putting out, like, it was an MLS draft. And, like, it matters for our league. Like, that's neat that it was, like, one of the 60 best college players in the league. It gets what what it matters for us when we announce it as a third division team is it gets eyes that don't generally look at your team and go, oh, this person was good enough to be drafted into MLS. That's what we're here getting jazzed about. A guy who went through Yavapai College, and this guy was like a starter at Virginia Tech right. and All yeah. ACC, and is coming directly to the league. Like that's we're, an- we're also kind of soccer. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Tormenta played a nine and a half second clip of the Champions League anthem. Probably nine and a half, not ten seconds, or else royalties would have been paid. <laughs> I, also, I also just want to mention. I, I just have it written down here as a note: is that in addition to these great incoming players that I see, all. Four all-league team selections are staying. So you have two defenders, a midfielder, and a forward all staying (laughs) on the team. They're not leaving. So I I feel like there's a really great team and combination here. And as much as I don't want to put them at first, and that's why I chose them to be third, um, they have have a stacked player list, I think. I think Brandon Fricky is very thankful that Dami has left because Dami embarrassed him. (laughs) Go see my pin tweet on my Twitter. Uh, screenshots. Uh, uh, I think Rashid is capable of embarrassing any forward. Yeah. <laughs> she she has better uh, uh, foot skills than some of the midfielders that play in our league. You're not right. lying. Guys, we're done with the first half of the pod. <laughs> it only took us two hours. No, no, no. So, so, so I shortened. I shortened how we're gonna do this next. These next two sections. Uh, first is league wide awards. So I'm just gonna give you guys what happened last year. 221 this one. Yeah, yeah. So one MVP was Terzaghi. We had him third. We we thought Greg Hurst would win. Uh close. yeah. Golden Boot, uh also Terzaghi. We had him third again behind Greg Hurst. Um assist leader was Ricky Ruiz. We had E V D, which was a reasonable assumption at the time, but you know, other things happened. Um JP. Yeah, yeah JP Skears got injured and then, uh <laughs> Tucson and next thing you know, E V D's out for the whole season. Um, Defender of the Year, we had Dami third, tied with Brandon Fricky, but it, we had a lull first. Again, unforeseen circumstances there. Uh, I think if we'd all known. Anyway. Uh, goalkeeper of the Year was Akira. We said it was new who should have won and won the Golden Gloves. Uh, and then we, of course, got Coach of the Year, right? Because it was Jay Mims. Jay <laughs> All right, so let's. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the award, who won, and then votes. So MVP, none of us were going to be embarrassed again this year, appearing on seven of the eight ballots. Terzaghi, four first place votes, two second place, and one third place. If you did not put him on your ballot, who was that? Anybody? 
It was probably me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Terzaghi who? <laughs> Never heard of him. Yeah. What's a Terzaghi? I mean, yeah. I, I uh, would say Riley. Riley, Riley put three Union Omaha players. That's <laughs> that sounds like Riley. Now that would be crazy uh, to see him do it again in our league, but it is in only what the fourth season this league's been around. But to have one guy be the MVP three out of four seasons, and the other guy that did it does he didn't even play in the league after the first season. Yeah, I it, mean, but but I mean th- they've set this expectation, which is if you're the Golden Boot. Yep. You're the like, and they're stuck. And as long as Terzaghi is the gold boot, he has to win the MVP. Otherwise, like when you fucked over EVD, like, like it's proven, it's proven. And so it's gonna be Terzaghi as long as he is the golden boot. Would you mind sharing what my first pick for MVP was? Uh, Rashid Newhill. It was Rashid Newhill. <laughs> <laughs> if, if a keeper ever wins MVP, believe. Uh. No, I. I think I had him pretty high up on the assist list. <laughs> At least second. <laughs> All right, uh, Golden Boot. Uh, six people said Terzaghi. Two people said Noah Mezzi. Uh, or Noe Meza. Uh, and then we had a bunch of others. Assists, Connor Doyle. It's so weird that this is Pro wow. Union Omaha. Uh, four first place and a third. Uh, anybody else want to mention who they think is going to be the assist leader? I have Dion up there uh, just because I think he's Dion Abs Akoff? Yeah. Um, I, I had Doyle. Yeah, I just I think yeah. that, I think Dion play, probably plays wide quite a bit. And anybody else that we should be thinking about? I had Aaron Walker. I know I don't know when I had I had Doyle third, but I had Aaron Walker first. And then I had Neil Vignoles. I had Neil Vignoles second too. And then I had Max Simmons. Wow, the two early the two on, early on I didn't do a lot of work. I waited till later to start I, doing. I had work. Uh, I had Gilarte on for third. Um, I think he could easily be higher, but I, I do think Rashid will be second. And uh, assists. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't have Toby third. Okay. I just, you know. Okay. Uh, Defender of the Year, uh, Union Omaha's own Dalton Newsom. Camille did not put him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How I you actually felt? did put Dalton Canute. <laughs> oh, DK? So you're welcome. We're you're welcome, DK. Were you. Under distress when filling this out. No. Was well, he sitting next uh, to but... <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> but, Luke, that's the same answer you gave. It is. <laughs> but I will live with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, just for Defender of the Year, I think one of the things that has benefited Greenville when their players have won this is the thing that is they, they always, the good defense in front of the good goalkeeper and I think that's something that's been overlooked for us. I think Rashid has been getting a lot of that, and they don't realize how good of a defense we had. Well, I, I think it's important. It's been it's been a lot of guys rotating in yeah. and out. Like yeah. they'll all played a season and a half. Right. DK played a season and a half. Jake Carl played a season and a half, and like yeah, we played like seventy five percent of our second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what I talked about a lot in twenty twenty of um, Rashid and Elal being roommates, having that connection. And going through the pandemic lockdown, uh, being yeah. roommates w- was huge for us in 2020 and 2021 when available. Dalton having played two seasons with Rashid, that's the same sort of connection there. And that's really going to help us anchor down. And I think that's going to give Dalton so much more command of the defense that I think him as defender of the year is a reasonable pick. And- we know he can put the ball in the back of the net. All he needs is them to count. Yep. And then he's... That's why he's going to be on PKs. Also, yeah. 
we already you, decided say, you guys didn't say DK for PKs, and I was screaming at my phone while I was listening to the podcast. Because that was such an easy one. Okay, well, hashtag DK for PKs. Yes, thank you. Uh, Fricky, uh, Polak, uh, I, I gave Kalen Fox a shout-out here. Yeah. Um, shout out my Kalen beloved Fox. co-worker, Kalen Fox. Yours? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Kalen. She's the best. Uh, you don't work there. Nope. Anyway, um, and then a bunch of Union Omaha people also. Um, it's almost like he's a Union Omaha yeah, right? <laughs> uh, goalkeeper of the year. One person picked, not Rashid Nuhu. Well, but, not, but they had him second on their list. I am, I am third. Do you want Fitzgerald is first? I do. You bastard. That's just projecting the league at this point. Uh, the best second place pick was Riley Martin. The worst second place pick was uh, Phil Brenner. What was my second? Wait, what did Riley? No, no, no. you oh. were picked in second place. Oh, that was right. not my pick. No. Yeah, that was by you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I said that I was going to be the Fitzgerald, and then I got Christensen out of Greenville, and then Rashid. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's um, not unreasonable. My, my safe bet for second was Gabriel. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I won't be sad if uh, she wins Golden Gloves two years running and still doesn't win Keeper of the Year because yeah. that stat means a lot more for us than the other side. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, uh, Goalkeeper of the Year tends to go to the person who has to make the most saves, not the person who has the most clean sheets. Uh, Coach of the Year, Jamin's, but like kind of a squeaker. Uh, three first place votes, three second place votes, and two people who didn't have him on their uh, list at all. Um, but we had five different coaches. <laughs> um, let's see. So I'll, I I put Mims first, but I put Hark second only because I also picked Greenville to win the league. Uh, no, no, I, I did not pick Harks because Harks should not be picked for anything. Me, I was Rich and I. I'm the other person who didn't put Jay Mims on. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and you're the one wearing a Union Omaha. I know, I know. Oh, that's so bad. No, 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 because I think I think uh, because I picked us fourth, right? And I, we're not going to, like, yeah. Jay won the league last year, yeah. right? And, like, finished second the year before that. Like, if, unless we Greenville it, you know, unless we do what Rich thinks Greenville is going to do, Jay's not winning again. And they don't like us, they never have liked us, and they're not going to give us more awards well, just for fun. And, and the team that's won the league, the coach is one coach of the year. Again, like, like yeah. Jr. said. You're predicting the league, what the league's already yeah. done. Yeah. So if if Harks if Greenville wins the league, Harks is likely winning. Yeah. Um, Especially if they go running. Young league. player of the year. This was by far the hardest I thought to fill out, and by looking at everybody else's answer, you thought it was the hardest. That's because you didn't answer us right away, so we all just started going rogue on you. Yeah. No. 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 I. I, I think. I think next year, speaking of improvements, we'll give selections. Yeah. Make it easier because it'll also be easier to tabulate. Um, so Yoscar was the winner, basically the only young player on Omaha. Um, we had, he had two first place votes and a third place vote. Um, I will say at this point, just, I have to keep tabs of this. If anybody follows first goal gets a case of yeah. he's the only person on the team right now that I cannot buy for. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. If there's so, some really good Gatorade, you buy him? Well, I mean, last time I bought Gatorade was for somebody who was overage. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think like a crate of energy drink would be funny. Yeah. 
so, so it, like, it was all nonsense. No offense to all of us who did this exercise. It was all nonsense. But three people put Nick Holiday in third place. Who's Nick Holiday? Really? Yeah, I don't, I, 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 and I didn't bother to look it up so I could ask you guys who's Nick Holiday. Uh, he's the was fifteen year old yeah. goalkeeper okay. for NCFC. I think it was now, now sixteen. Uh, but he was on trial. Uh, he went on trial somewhere in Germany. Leverkusen or something. Yeah, like re- really solid goalkeeping prospect. At sixteen years old, he's got like a million years left as a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah so, twenty plus probably. Yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to be getting. So he's going to go back through the academy system and then go off and leave. Yeah, which, I mean, that easily puts him as young player of the year. Yeah, fair enough. Camille's just looking at it like, God, I remember being young and playing soccer. Yeah, I think Camille's looking around going, what are we going to do? I no longer, I no longer remember being young, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, all right, time to finally talk about Union Omaha. What's the time? What's the time? How much time have we got? We've been going two and a half hours. All right, so we're two and a half hours in. Let's talk about our team. Um, yeah, the team. <laughs> I support Union Omaha. What about you guys? Huh. Uh, Jerry, you want to talk about our attack? Yes, you want um, It's difficult to, difficult to prognosticate on the attack because we did not keep a single attacker that started the season with the team last year. Um, obviously, between Evan and Greg, 27 goals, including the postseason, more than half the goals we scored. And again, every forward that started the season with Union Omaha last season is now gone. You include the two of them. It is Alma um, Enfor, uh, Austin Poncho, and Ethan Manicor Decker, depending on if you, you know, slotted him as a forward or a midfielder. Um, so, of course, Ricky Rivera is only returning, but again, didn't start the season with us. And you know, came in late, had some, you know, reportedly had some injury issues during the season. So it's almost like we're starting with an entire fresh roster of forwards. I imagine he's probably by default going to be one of the two that slots up at the top at the start of the season. So who can start next to him? We've got uh, either Noe Meza, Giovanni Montestoka. Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I tried to speak probably too fast. That's what I'm saying. Gio! Um, Yuko Kamatani, of course, uh, local, local hero, international, roster spot from Japan, but has played at UNL. And just most recently announced, Alex Bruce. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Alex Bruce fan club has entered the building. Um, I mean, I think this year is going to be a lot more of a score goals by committee kind of year. And not just at the board position. I'll let whoever's going to talk about the midfield get into that when it's their turn. Um, I could also, you know, see perhaps if Jay just wants to start experience up top, maybe Dion starts up top just to start the season before he decides on a second one. But Cop. But likely not if we're hearing if, if everything we're hearing is accurate, no he sounds like he might be ready. He's he might be on his first professional contract, but he's twenty four. He was a six year college veteran when he had a COVID year and a redshirt year. If he's ready, he's ready. So I have a feeling he and Ricky are probably gonna be the Primary starting to be low top, but don't be surprised if we don't see a consistent pair up top for the first eight, ten games. No, he's scoring preseason, so I, I don't see a reason. 
reason why not to, unless you look at JP's track record last year. So, Greg having combined your 23 goals, uh, or 44 last year, do we have, I don't remember, do we have other forwards? Austin, I guess, scored. Austin scored one, one. even in the regular season. So, all of, our, all of our forwards I, I, that scored for us. And Ricky scored one. And Rick, so, we, we were returning one goal <laughs> from our forwards. Forward, yeah. Yeah, okay. Dalton scored one. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, no. He scored one. That I, counted. And then two that came. So I, I, and I know you're just focusing on the forwards, right? And so, I mean, that's that's huge. 24 of our 44 goals count, came from forwards, and they are not here. I think we lost some from the midfield, too. Well, I'm, we're not talking about the midfield I'm yet. I'm not just man. I was... Although, so in a segue, somebody that plays in the played in the midfield primarily also uh, started up yeah. top a few times. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, Rich, talk about those midfielders. Well, there was a speaking of turnover. Uh, we also had a lot of turnover in the midfield as well. Uh, we lost Devin Boyce to Memphis 901 FC, Ethan Vanacore Decker to Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC, uh, Christian Molina to Richmond Kickers, Toby Otieno to Tormenta FC, Nick Fermin. Firmino to Atlanta United 2 and John Murphy to New York Red Bulls 2. Captain John Murphy. Captain yeah. John Murphy. <laughs> well, uh, from junior for us to captain for them. <laughs> so as far as players that are coming back, we still have J.B. Sears. Uh, we have Connor Doyle and we have Adu uh, coming back as well. Um, as far as incoming players, we have Dion Akoff coming from Iceland. Uh, Ryan G. That's Akoff. Absolutely. Yes. We also, I, we, we know someone who also played in Iceland. Yes. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Iceland's very nice. It's beautiful. Iceland, and some people call it. And Greenland is covered in ice. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Got our Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks quote in for the day. Uh, and then we got Ryan Jiba from Salt Lake City Community College. Uh, Chibani Willis from uh, Jamaican Powerhouse Arnett Gardens, and uh, Joe uh, Burrito from Charlotte. Joe's very excited to be written about Burrito. Yes. <laughs> as far as storylines, I think the obvious most pressing storyline at the midfield is who's going to be starting. Uh, but I think an intriguing storyline involving the midfield is... How Jay plans on integrating the midfield with the defense and balancing the two on offense, uh, like he did last year with Perry uh, so, uh, Sosa and uh, Damian Viadera on the other side, uh, to see how they balance on the, the perimeter. So I think that's a, a good storyline to follow. Yeah, thank, thank you for powering through that, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> We just had our chips of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Riley's fault this time. Well, we have a, a very adorable dog giving us tippy taps right now. <laughs> the dog is very excited to be out of that room. Yeah. Um, what else? You got anything else for the midfield? No. Looking right. forward to watching them play. I, that's where the rest of our goals are, came from, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. By the time we're done, I'm gonna tell all of us how so, many returning at, goals we have, but. Oh, okay, you're going to say that. Never mind. Time okay. to talk about the defense. Yes, let's get to that. We have our defense. Our defense expert here. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Defense is 
a funny topic because I have always been so offensive minded and um, recently I've had to engage my insight more on the defense and it, it, it's shown a lot especially on Union Omaha's performance and um, the potential the defensive mind has. So here's the thing that's very beneficial with Union Omaha is uh, Rashid Nuhu is obviously returning in goal. And I think that's huge. On top of that, having Kevin behind him is very beneficial for us as well. Having a strong goalkeeper behind every other person on the field is going to change your game no matter what. Um, the, what, what they're saying to the defenders, um, the way they're speaking, their mindset, it's, it's, it's influential. And so not only having that, having Dalton Knudsen return in center defender um, is big as well. And so I, I feel like having that is already a strong base. I feel like Union Omaha values the defensive mindset. They value, they value um, defensive tactics. I've heard from players say defense is everything, and I've never thought of it that way. But seeing the results, especially from last year and how the beginning of the season started versus how we ended, I, I believe it now. Defense is a huge part of what Union Omaha is. Um, so having uh, Dalton, Kevin, and Rashid in the back, in addition to Alex and Ryan and Gabe and Isaac, I I just feel like we have our base and now we're finding the new players to fit that mold. Um, Ryan Jiba, we've seen him out in left defensive back and I feel like he's trying to fit that forward-minded idea to be able to score goals, but also come back in defense. And I know that is not his natural position, so there's a lot of learning to go from there, but I feel like there's a lot of potential having that offensive-minded defender, having a center defender already knowing how to cover that. I feel like it's just going to be a great carryover once we all learn how to play together. Um, well, and Jay's, Jay's blueprint has worked, right? I mean, right. You have Dami and Sosa that were attack-minded outside yeah. backs, and you had guys. He moved Jake from being a left back and put him at center back, so he could mm-hmm. cover the cover the outside. Yep. He so I mean it's worked for Jay. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't he keep going to that well? And we we've already seen it in preseason games. We've seen them turn into that three back when Ryan goes up. We've we've seen that idea, and we know that that's an intention. Hopefully, no other teams are listening, but. It, it, Just Madison is like talking about Ryan Nebhard. And I mean, we see it on the other side too. Potentially Isaac, who we who we just recently heard about, Isaac on the right side, being a potential player to be able to go up and attack as well. And just knowing that we have that solid center of defense to be able to have those offensive-minded players' backs is um, promising. So that's really what I wanted to touch on. One of the things that I loved most about watching the defense last season was the amount of communication that you heard right. from the field level. And Ben, you saw that from a distance. I did. 
and accidentally. Oh, it's a total, total, total fluke. Unbelievable fluke. And we saw that in Kansas City uh, during the scrimmage. The amount of communication that they had on the field was something truly fun to watch and to listen to. And you know what? You have to think. Last year, Union Omaha had that grit and that energy. It comes from the back, a lot of it. And so if you keep a lot of those players that bring that energy and that encouragement, it's it's promising. There's a little bit of it also have to do with the fact that half our games are played on a field where the ball could be from the back and attacking position before you can even blink. Yes, yes, and we have a small field, so the sound carries, yes. But, um, I, I mean, it's still great. Home but, field advantage, right? Well, I think, yeah, and I, get, I think that's something. I think it's more of like moving the ball yeah. from station to station. Oh. Well, and, that's, yeah. and, and Dalton talked to us about that after uh, the end of the season, about how much playing at home changes your defensive mindset because of that, how quick change it can be. Mm-hmm. We can be down attacking. The other team stops it, and that ball's right on top of you faster than when we played down in Texas or even at Greenville, where we play on a larger a larger pitch. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I it's an old adage that covers most sports, right? Defense wins championships, and I think that that's something. Jay, it, first season we scored, we gave up fifteen goals, we scored twenty. We still ended second place because we only gave up fifteen yeah. goals. Yeah. Yeah. Want to workshop a starting eleven? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to mention, I promised this uh, to you guys earlier. We were returning three goals from last year. Ricky. One. JP. JP. And Dalton. And Dalton. We're returning a ton <laughs> Wait, of assists. Wait, Dalton got that one. We're returning 12 Wait, assists. Though. I'm proud of Dalton. Wait, didn't been... JP score twice last year? Yeah, uh, he scored in preseason like four he, times. It says on transfer market he scored one. I don't disagree with you. It, my, my big question were any of JP's goals scored from 25 yards out? No. Nope. No. Hasn't happened yet. None of them counted. <laughs> I, I'm, I am shocked. He had one that counted. Another one should have counted. Uh, the one, bicycle. In, one in New England that should have counted. Oh, yeah, the bicycle. And then his header got called back against Madison. But he had one against... Madison. Madison. Why are we got, talking about the Madison. one against Richmond that he scored that was the in 2020 that got called back as well? Oh. Always the bridesmaid. He, he, he came in. He came in as central defensive midfielder. Jake serves a perfect ball into the box. He scores. We win. We draw the game, and it gets called back because someone Wait, else was outside. That's his original position. Uh, so yeah. So <laughs> while while we're on this topic, uh, I'll be a little bit tangential. Not us. No, we. Has been has been pulling what um, JP did last year, scoring all the goals in preseason. Mm-hmm. Do we think he's going to break JP's curse? And do we think JP's not scoring goals in preseason, so he doesn't have the curse and can score in regular oh, season? On the second one, definitively yes. <laughs> I absolutely think he's probably not even going up for corners because he doesn't want to get scored. If if Noe getting cursed means JP scores goals in the regular season, I'm okay with it. I am okay with that as well. Too. I, honestly, I feel uh, with JP not being locked in at that defensive midfield because you have Giovanni there. Giovanni, who we paid money for, mm-hmm. which is relatively unheard of in this league. It, I think we're going to see JP in more of an attacking, as I've been saying, and give him the opportunity to score those goals. Uh giving good support to guys like Noe, giving good support to guys like Ricky, 
Giovanni, uh, Alex, Bruce. Sorry, I have to specify. I'm Bruce Douche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there, JP in the midfield uh, with Connor with Dion is, is going to be just such a game changer for us this year versus last. Last year we had two nines. This year we've got a midfield that is full of playmaking ability more yeah. than I think we had last year. So let's workshop. Let's workshop. Starting eleven. Well, I got the first one. Rashid Dudu. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Left back. Ryan. 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 Okay, right. Central center back. RCB. Jimmy, so so why don't we do left center back because he started at left back? Oh yeah, that'd be left right. center back. Left center back. Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. Right center back. A barrel. Game. Game over. Touche. Alex. I was I was thinking Touche. I mean, I found it interesting that we listed, or Gabe was listed as a center. We're almost three hours in. We know Jay definitely hasn't made it this far. I think Jay just likes changing players around. Yeah. Well, like Ryan. I think it flatters. I think it flatters him. I was thinking Touche in the middle, and then he's done a great job at it. Gabe was playing on the right in Kansas City, wasn't he? He was playing. He was playing next to Dalton. He was playing next to Alex as right center back, and And Alex was left. Who's what? What? Oh, oh, okay. okay. They're, 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 so they switched. They were playing on a team off. off they were playing on a team of, mm-hmm. off of Dalton. Okay. Yeah. Who is Dalton playing center back with? Alex. Two. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. So Alex is getting run. Yeah. Right back. He's Isaac. 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 And, yeah. I mean, he's he he played across the center line last year. I checked earlier. But he had, he had 11 starts at so back. I also think we yeah. know that we rotate. I mean, Jay's done that already, and we're going to need to rotate guys anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's why Jay likes these versatile players. Right. Yes. So back line as consensus, Ryan, Dalton, Alex, Isaac. Let's let's run through last names as well, since it's possible. Ryan Gila. Yep. Dalton Knudsen. Yep. <laughs> we said his name four different ways. <laughs> Oh, it's, 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 it's his third year. Houston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first year we said that, you know, like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm pretty sure that's on the pod, too. Alex Touche. Alex Touche. Not Touche. And Isaac Bawa. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a solid All right, now we got the easy stuff out of the way. All right. Is Jay going to switch up from 4 4 2? No. Okay. Is Jay Mims our coach? Yeah. All right, we're playing a part two. I, I, I think that was one of our Twitter questions, so I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> All right. Left midfield. Dion. I think he plays right. Yeah, I, was gonna I agree. Right, yeah. Let, let's go with central defensive mid. Okay. Shabbat. Maybe. He paid for it. He's aligned. No, no, he, but that's the thing. I don't. I think the money decision is done. Like, yeah. like whatever, whatever. If, if he can't earn it, like when I watched, Luca played much better than he did. However, uh, sorry, our mystery trialist or whatever. Like, again, Jay hasn't listened to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's tagged. We saw him. Yeah, uh, like the guy has the most distinctive head shape in all of lower dimension <laughs> soccer. Yeah. Like, I figured out who he was uh, within thirty seconds. He's not under contract. True, true. We have a trialist. 
Travis like, number one, you could say. Yeah, no. you could you could say. Currently, yes. <laughs> but uh, he, I, I, I thought he played much. Like he came on, and instantly the midfield worked better after uh, Shivani went off. When I saw the yeah. deadline, I think Shivani really needs to um, get a few more training sessions in. I agree. Because he came in a little bit late. Um, yeah. Granted, he came in like midfield form, but being playing with a very different style, very different level than where we're at. It's so just like a little bit of a rough transition. Yeah. But I I do think by the time the U.S. Open Cup kicks against the Moines Menace it, on April fifth, we can say that now definitively. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like on Google. Seems like several hours ago. Yep. Shivani uh, <laughs> will be our central defensive mid. I think we're seeing Dion, JP, and Connor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I'm pretty sure. Professional former yeah. professional soccer player. I Correct think, us. I think we see Connor in the center. Um, I think there's a lot of outside midfield prospects that we see. Ricky is one of those where against mm-hmm. Kansas City he was I, I think a strong influence on the outside playing balls in. Um, so I feel like we can't take him out of the picture for midfield. Um, was that, 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 was, was that when Noe and Hugo were playing up top together? Yes. Okay. There's a long tradition in with this team, even though it's only two years old, of players moving from outside wing, like left and right midfield, to left and right forward, and just one mm-hmm. big continual loop. Yeah. It's a 4-4-2. <laughs> If you have to describe it, other than that, it's a blender. Yeah. And yeah. your four on the back is the yeah. thing that's firm. Yeah. Sometimes there's three. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's another manager My that was recently fired from a club that I like that did a similar thing. <laughs> he didn't win championships. Yeah. He did win a championship. He literally won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I agree with you. I that think you that Connor in the middle makes a lot of sense, no, yeah. especially watching the way that he reacted yeah. when he transitioned to the middle yes. toward the second half of oh. last season. Yeah. The in, the amount of intelligence that he had in his play was just. And I feel like holding that to a very high importance in the fact that he's a returning player. They yeah. need that vision in the center. And so that's why I feel like he's going to have a lot more influence. He's a better distributor. He's a better distributor of the ball from the center. So yes. that's, that's and they like, they like pace on the outside. And, and personally, I feel like Connor has more vision than potential Well, that's pace. a kind of way of saying he doesn't have pace. But he, I was going to say he also has to cover less ground if he's in the middle. And I think that yeah. I think that's useful for him. Yeah. 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 So what we're saying is uh, we probably could name 11 players, but we definitely couldn't get them in the right position. Yeah. Oh, we hadn't even gone to the forwards yet. Who, who do we think our opening day starting forwards are? No, you're Ricky. That's probably right. Yeah, I agree. All right, I am okay with that. Yeah, I'd say so. Camille's giving a face. Camille, what's uh, the... No, oh, play, Camille also no plays Ricky's going to be outside, so... I, that's what I'm thinking. I think we see Ricky more so outside as either a starter or um, maybe potentially a, a, a rotation because yeah. we see high rotation on the outside. Hugo. Will Jay take into mm-hmm. account whether, like, so let's, I, I forget if Noe was playing next to Hugo when he scored against uh, Sporting 2. Was but it, that, it was not off of Hugo. But but was, he, was a, but, but was he still the second forward in that formation? Yes. He was, right? Yeah. It, if, if, he was, if he was the last time he scored 2, Jay just might like the pair. I don't from, care if it's... I don't from care if it's, what I've 
heard Noe's goal and what we saw in KC, Noe's goals are poachy. They like he's always got a kind of got a little bit of a Conway vibe to that. He he's got an eye towards goal, which is what we need, which is what Conway had, which Greg has. Like, I mean, Greg's first goal in championship, he's just sitting in the right spot at the right time, but he knew where he had to be. I personally think it could potentially, just based on what I saw at um, the Kansas City game, is maybe we see Hugo and Alex Bruce. I mean, I don't know. That's my mindset. My idea. Uh, Um, I'm saying no. I'm just saying yeah. Sorry, when I think of Bruce, I'm just thinking of uh, one of those hats with uh, corks hanging off of it. Well, you can <laughs> ask him about that. I, I, I do, we make, do we make one more signing? Like a splashy signing at forward? Yes. I, I think we need to. Um, we need to. So, this may be a question for the past tense. We have a season ticket holder event where they're announcing the captain on March 24th. This is recorded on March 23rd. Yep. Do we think a new signing happens that is the captain? No. No. I hope not. I think, I think the captain that, is there. I think, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the captain's there. Ethan Finley, isn't he free agent right now? I think Corey Herzog's available <laughs> as well. But Just saying, so people who played for Jay. Corey Herzog did. I, yeah. yeah. I think somebody that technically played for Jay is on the team that likely would be. And, yeah, it yeah. fits every bill of who Jay picks as a captain. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does and anybody not think it's Connor Doyle? I think it could be Dalton. Yeah, I think it could be Dalton as well. Dalton or Rashid would make more sense to me. If um, I was forced to choose a non-Connor Doyle thing, I, what about JP Scares? JP would be good. I, I it's not going to be Rashid. Jay strikes, me, all Jay strikes me as a do not give the captain's armband to a goalie. I, I think the Connors, Connors' conversations with us at the end of the season about how much he tried to be a coach on the field and tried to talk the young guys up, that's a role he likes. And I think that's but, what Jay's going to look at is, I have a coach on the field, put the armband on that guy. Huh? We had, what, four players announced as returners in that initial go. Um, we had Dalton, Connor, JP, Kevin, Kevin, and Dami, but Dami is gone, so yeah. four. Uh, RIP Dami. Not literally. <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything on socials from him. He hasn't suited yet, so. Dami, we hope you're well. But Kevin not going to be on the field most of the time. But realistically, if we're considering Rashid as yeah. incumbent for third year in a row to be starting goalkeeper, that leaves us with, in my mind, three candidates. And that would be Dalton, JP, Connor. And one of us probably knows the answer, yeah. but isn't going to tell. Oh, sorry. Wait, she, she listens, but she doesn't hear. Yeah, yeah there we go. That's good. That's so another thing you have to consider when you're looking at the captains is this is the guy that's going to be talking to the ref and heated moments. So, so we should definitely shouldn't be Rashid. Because last time he came up to talk to a ref, he got a straight red. Yeah. And, it, uh, and J- J- JP has also gotten a straight red. Yeah. 
JP got a yellow gig sent on, didn't he? JP's red. <laughs> Complete bullshit, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, J- JP, I, I don't think it is necessarily the right candidate there. Um, I do think he... Well, let's hope he's not still listening three and a half hours in. Uh, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he listened like one minute in. <laughs> we're about a minute away from three hours on the recording. Yeah, well, he's definitely not wearing over-the-head headphones. Oh. That's for sure. Uh, I... Connor or Dalton, that, that's my thought on it. Uh, both of them, I think Dalton honestly would be a better choice because he's going to be on the field for nine minutes. Ah! All right, let's keep moving. Play the mic, Kevin. All right. All right, team winners. Uh, 2021, we thought the MVP would be Greg Hurst. Yay, nay. Was, was he over the 2021? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Golden Boot, we thought it'd be Greg Hurst. It was. And assists, we thought it'd be EBD. It was Devin Boyce. All the other ones were subjective, except Newcomer of the Year being Greg Hurst, which obviously was a yes. Um, we thought Ilaw would be the defender. Greg would be the MVP. Things happened. Things happened. Uh, okay, internal poll. Uh, MVP this year, we had three votes for uh, Connor Doyle, two votes for Ryan. Jiba, uh, one for DK, one for Yoskar, and one for Rashid. Sound about right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, Golden Boot, six for Noe, uh, one for Hugo, one for Ricky. Does the Hugo person want to make a case? I don't remember who did this. I did. Yeah? I, I just feel like he's going to be very influential this year, for sure. Nice. So, I love that. Yeah. Well, so. He also uh, probably is like that because I think, I think a season where Hugo is our leading scorer is a really good season. He was extremely popular at UNO, so I think he can get a lot of the fan base behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, see, he, he had great performances at UNO, so I definitely can see that happening. I think he but grows I think, I think he grows in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think no spring in the preseason can give us a little bit of jitters about especially how the JP. Yeah. But a guy like Hugo that can learn the league. You can see a second half of the season where he goes off because he's learned how to play within the league. Yeah. Nah, it's going to be Ricky. Hey, all right. Sounds great. Uh, assists, uh, Connor Doyle. Five of us thought it would be Connor Doyle. Uh, one of us thought it would be Ryan Jeeva, which, again, we're all thinking he's down to 2.0, so very reasonable. Um, JP, also reasonable. Like, he had four assists last year. Um, second returning. And then... Uh, this is my first written mention of Dion Adams Atop's nickname, but uh, one person thought it would be Adams Atop. Well, there's a person here who picked Rashid to finish second in the league with assists. I do think that person also picked a Union Omaha player to lead the league. I did. No, no, I only, I only took first place votes for the rest I, I will say... Uh, I don't think JD is going to be leading assists because I think JD is going to be scoring goals. Newcomer of the year. Uh, half of us thought Noah Neza. Uh, a quarter of us thought Ryan Giba. And a quarter of us thought Hugo Kamatani. Newcomer. Newcomer of the year. I skipped Defender of the Year. It's getting late. Uh, all right. So, Defender of the Year. Goalkeeper uh, included. Goalkeeper included, so split down the middle between Rashid and DK. No. Why well, I picked Ryan? One person picked Alex. 
one person pick first. Okay. Uh, why Alex? Touche. Why Mr. Touche? Uh, looking at his highlight film, he has really sound fundamentals, and I think that's going to be very valuable on the back line. Um, I'm excited to watch him play. Okay, fair enough. I went by the rule of saying you score both, that means you're apparently a defender. <laughs> I think Tara takes that one. Um, Damn you, Jay. Yeah, back, uh, newcomer of the year. I, I think we've got a lot of newcomers this year. That, I think that would be probably the hardest category as for the team would be yeah. a newcomer just because uh, Someone remind us, remind me to do an end of the year poll so it's not a year later and we could have another hour long argument about who the MVP was and we just have results. Um, all right, uh, one wish for Union Omaha this season. Uh, anybody want to go first? I hope that we have a fantastic season and we aren't bit by the injury bug. Why would you say that? There's plenty of wood. There is plenty of wood in this league. Minneapolis already screwed themselves today on Twitter by saying, would you say they murdered them? They oh! murdered them. Uh, I'll go. Yeah, I hope we get a home playoff game. I hope everybody has fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, come back to me. Yeah, fair enough. Be specific. <laughs> um, I want us to hit, like, 5,000 attendance average for the whole year. That's a good one. Brian is still here. I was going to say, yeah, I'm still here. Just more fans. I just want more fans. Yeah. I, uh, want us to score goals. I, like, I really liked the end of last year when we were scoring goals. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's fun to grind out one nothing victories where the result is... Where the only worry is, can we score a goal? But I'd like to... Next time we have a fair weather panel on the podcast. It was, it was really nice to spend the semifinal and the final with a lot less anxiety than a lot of the other matches throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. The, the most anxious match of the year was a good Christmas. Yeah, I'll go with you guys. I'll, I, I think I'd like a bigger crowd. Um, I, my wish is... I agree with you guys, but my wish is that the team comes in confident and excited. So I feel like that's my biggest holdback from them. Is there, maybe there's some nerves going in. I just hope that we come in with some confidence and excitement for what's to come. So everybody has fun. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. But confidently. I'd actually like to come in. Right. Riley, would you like another chance now? Yeah, that I, I mean, I would like. I, I planned on having a real one here. Um, I would love to see the first U.S. Open Cup match in Nebraska be a Union Omaha win. I think that that is. That's a good one. Hell yeah! I think that that is a, a historical moment for the state, for the team, for the city. Um, and if we can capitalize on it, I think it'll build like we were talking about bigger crowds for the rest of the year. Let's hope so. Yeah. All right. I hate to do this, but we have Twitter questions. Yeah! Yes. <laughs> Is that what you were pointing to? <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's while we're while we're getting prepped for this section, uh, what is I'm just going to run around. What is everybody planning on doing for the pod or the media empire this year? Starting with you, Rich. Uh, I've actually done some research into uh, doing some video editing, and so I want to bring new and different content to the website. What, would you like to put that on our YouTube channel? Because we do have one of those. It hasn't been used in like a year and a half. That's good to know. I did not know we had it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jair? 
Uh, I want to I do some stuff that's more like player specific when it comes to data analysis. Nice. Brian? Uh, I mean, mine's going to be pretty much what you see me doing on Twitter. It's a lot of opinion pieces, and um, I want to do a lot of like some fan engagement stuff, so maybe go around and some of the other tailgates that are around the stadium, too. Maybe go in and talk to them and find out what their story is and have stuff like that. Nice. Um, just being a new um, person that recently joined, I just want to bring in some insight for how maybe players are feeling and uh, some actual soccer knowledge. Insight on performance. Yeah. Do we get a uh, top critique of Dalton every game? Sure. <laughs> oh yes. That's, that's yes. my favorite part. Of oh my gosh. Uh, Riley, what are you going to do? I am going to continue producing the podcast at a mediocre level. Perfect. Um, I'll continue backing you up at an even mediocre level. More mediocre level? Um, Higher well, level of mediocrity. I mean, in all seriousness, um, I'll be producing the podcast uh, probably just as quiet as I, I don't be quiet as I normally yeah. am um, on the pod. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of the same for me. Um Maybe it'll change. Maybe you'll see me do something crazy, but probably nice. not. Nice. Luke and Ryan, you guys doing anything different this year? Do you need me to do something different? No, I, we're just trying to hype up the pod, guys. I just show up. I'm excited to have a second full season recording yeah. with, with you guys. I'm going to, data dump's going to be mandatory only. It got kind of boring, I felt, and also it was exhausting to write and I ran out of time in my life, so. Uh, continue doing the pod as available. So basically, what happens uh, when you get a full time job? Yeah, <laughs> turns out there's less time when I have work. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, and for me, uh, definitely continue to do things behind the scenes. Make sure that you're getting the best content you can in, arguably, in all of League One in one spot. I don't think I. Um, this is. This is definitively, once again, we have the longest preseason pod in the entire It's about the length of the movie Titanic. <laughs> we are uh, really... I, I will so say, long. without uh, JR adding more time to this, uh, WGHmedia.com, hopefully that will be improving this year. We are looking at launching a Patreon. Uh, we'd love to hear what you would want out of a Patreon, um, looking at merch options. Like, uh, can we just do recordings of people eating chips? Uh, Riley will eat chips for you. We need a cameo just so people can pay us for Riley eating chips. Uh, five dollars for that one. Five dollars a pop for normal chips. Anything that might cause me discomfort, uh, like the one chip challenge, ten dollars. However, let's get to some Twitter questions. Absolutely, about time. <laughs> okay. That. By the way, thank you guys for participating. That is. This ends my portion of the podcast. Returning hosting duty back to Luke. From longtime listener, not first time caller, Vic. Ah, what kind of chips y'all eating? <laughs> Vic was all right, all right. He was very <laughs> offended by the lack of. So, uh, first of all, first of all, first up, we've got the uh, cheddar and sour cream ruffles. He's so excited right now. <laughs> Uh, we looked. We looked for uh, your recommendation of uh, Cheetos with lime, but we couldn't find any at the Casey's. There's Cheetos with lime. So no, we got. Uh, we got some. Uh, we got some Fuego Takis here. Ooh, ooh. We should probably burn those. <laughs> I would like to point out that I'm 95% sure Vic meant 
hot Cheetos, squeeze a fresh lime. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got, uh, of course, the classic uh, preview pod. Yeah, just hand the, the sweet spicy chili chips. Yeah. Just, you can hand the whole bag right here. Yeah, which Riley's going to now eat for the rest of the time. And uh, yeah. be sure to like me all have fun. Uh, what's that last bag up there? Oh, the sun chips. Sure, Brandon's. I'm so excited about these. These are chili lime sun chips. Never had them before. Oh, I can tell. This is the most. This is the it's most fun ventures ever had. Uh, uh, all right, all right. So, getting now that we lighten it up, we got everybody a little bit more energized in this third hour. Ruin it for you. Uh. Zach, Z the Owlmouth, yeah, uh, on Twitter. What do you think, guys? Think the locker room mentality is right now, gearing up for a U.S. Open Cup and regular season to start coming back as U.S. All one champs and something up pulled the Sanders for the new crew. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, I, I think this is more for Camille. <laughs> I I personally feel like locker room um, and uh, what's the word um, for when people are all together, community, I guess we can say. I feel like having um, individuals on the team mesh well together is super important for the coaching staff. And so I think locker room mentality is great. Right now, I think there's a lot of team building. Um, behind the scenes work with, uh, obviously, a lot of the players living together, especially new players. Um, I feel like there's um, good team camaraderie right now uh, during preseason. I have, a, I have a specific question for you. Oh. Do you, like, do you have a role at all in this, like, integrating players' girlfriends, players' wives, whatever, into Omaha, into the team? Like, is that something that you help with or, like, whatever? Um, I, w- I would say it's not, obviously, um, a first intention for a coaching staff to make that happen, but I think um, we all know Jay Mims is, holds that as to a high importance. They want um, the team's family to feel included. So um, we obviously want to make everybody feel welcome. And I think it's very important. I think last year, what we would always say is that we helped back the team and run the team because um, we just helped keep a lot of the guys' pressure off of them when uh, sometimes soccer feels like it's the only thing in the world you have that sort sort of support system. And so I intend to um, make that happen and make girlfriends' wives feel included personally. Yeah. Do they have a, a pump-up team in the, the locker room? And does it change year to year? It's, we don't talk about Bruno. Um, <laughs> players get to choose their um, preferred song. For, so it can even change by the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but I think... Uh, Towards the end of the season, we've heard some reoccurring songs by some players that they've just all really meshed and enjoyed. Well, once you start so, winning, you got to keep yeah. making the same song. So, to answer this question off of what Ryan and I had from last year from Jay, Jay is always looking at the mentality of the players before he signs them, mm-hmm. whether or not they will mesh with the team that he already has. And as this roster's gotten deeper, I think that's then why we're seeing a little bit more delay in everything. Because he's trying to make sure that anybody he's bringing on isn't just an individual talent like you're seeing with, like, North Colorado or... Uh, we're still you know, kicking. Yeah. We're kicking all year. But 
just I, I think that's going to help. And just the more time the guys are spending together, the more time the guys know that the guys are spending time with are going to be with them for an entire season, the better we're going to see that locker room mentality. I mean, we've seen grill outs at apartments. Um, we noticed that on Instagram as well. We've seen trivia nights. We've seen. Um, I mean, they have the where, switch downstairs. Where, where's the trivia night? Yeah, so where, we can go beat them. Yeah, to, <laughs> to be discussed later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, moving to the next question, coming from Braden Johnson. What are some changes you expect to see with the team? Like, will strategy change? Listen to the last hour and a half of the pod. <laughs> We've covered this. No, no. I want to specifically answer this. How will formations line up? 4 4 2. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah, 4 4 2. 4 4 2. Yeah. 44 2. 5 yeah. 3 1. <laughs> you get that track out of here. <laughs> 3 5 2. Uh, all right. I would I would love to see a three five two before I'd like to see a five three one. Yeah. Okay. I, I think we just have a have a couple more here. I, I'm gonna say probably my my favorite that's not team related for last, but this is coming from Connor. Fun little hypothetical. Open cup question for the whole crew. We're playing tomorrow. Would you rather be guaranteed to win three matches this year in Open Cup or be guaranteed to host an MLS team in front of a sellout crowd? Sellout crowd. What? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Reread re, re it. Reread it. Would you rather be guaranteed to win three matches this year in the Open Cup? Okay, so that could be anywhere. Or be guaranteed to host an MLS team in front of a sellout crowd? And that's I mean, implied to be in Omaha, not necessarily at Werner. Uh, host, so... Yeah. So, oh, uh-huh. it's implied to be in the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. It's not a summer. It's not a friendly. It's yeah. Not like yeah. I, I mean, I think that the latter happened. Well, it could know. be at Coniglia though, and it's only three thousand people. I will. I, mean, I will say. I don't know that. Seated. I don't know that we'll guarantee a sellout if, an, if we when we host an MLS side. But if you win three games, you're likely hosting at least one MLS well, side. If, give, me the, give me the open cup run every day. Yeah. If, if I if I recall, uh, the lower seed always has first wave refusal. I'm not I'm not sure that's the case. Yeah, because like the, the the team that built an academy a mile well, and a half from my house in Mississippi just won their game yesterday, and they're gonna play Birmingham Legion. However, I guarantee you they don't get the first wave refusal. For that however, game. if they if they refused, they would have to pay travel expenses. I think, I think if I recall it, both teams have to put in a credible bid yeah. to have their things covered. I don't think you can say no. If, if, I think you it's you can say no, but then you have to pay your own travel expenses. Yes. Yeah. But so I think if they both, if both teams submit bids, which they're incentivized to do on the mm-hmm. travel thing, then I think it goes to a coin flip. Yeah. Coin so, flip. Coin flip. I, Air quotes. I would rather see the three because I feel like we would be hosting at least two of those. And think of the storylines that would come from that. I yeah, but don't I worry, they wouldn't be covered in any sort of local press. I think the guaranteed sellout at Morrison or better, I would take. If it's a guaranteed sellout at Caniglia, give me the cup run. All right, Brian, what do you got for this? Well, I'm saying the game. Take the run. All right. What What does three wins in the cup? What is that? Where does that get us? I think it's the second, team. third, and 
I think it's round of 16. Yeah. If you win three from the uh, that, I mean, for a third division team that that's three third year of existence to make yeah. it like what final I, 16. If a second division team makes quarterfinal, it's incredible. Yeah. It it kills me that last year's team didn't get to have an open cup run. Because like I'm completely convinced that that team could beat any team in America or at least take them to penalties. Especially early on when the MLS teams aren't playing their yeah. strongest level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I, I feel like we've got this one answered. Um, most improved, dark horse, massive letdown team. If you've gotten this one, yeah. Yeah, we haven't necessarily assigned those values to a team, but we've covered all the teams extensively, I feel. Oh, we forgot to answer one of those. We gotta start the podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> the recording? No. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Tim. They're trolling you now. Yeah. Uh, Troy asking if we would uh, consider, along with Jay, joining the Omaha Facial Hair Society's Facebook group in a best beard competition. Would Jay? No. I'm shaving this tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not. Let's go, Jay. Yeah. I think you me. I think that I may be the only person on this podcast, maybe Jr., who despises. Well, I mean, <laughs> with the obvious, with the obvious omission of Camille, <laughs> who is not sporting facial hair. <laughs> like, gen, like uh, for me personally, facial hair is not my thing. I hate it. I, there's a little bit on here right now. I despise it. I, I keep it because it. I look bald without it. I had. A, I had a beard for like 15 years. I, well, I didn't know you 15 years ago. I'm still in post-surgery scruff. But uh, tomorrow's, the, tomorrow, tomorrow's the season ticket holder gala. I got all right. Gala. Uh, <laughs> I love that you called it a gala. Last, last question from Twitter. Uh, from Twitter. That I feel probably a fun one. Not everybody's been on as long or... We have three people listening at this point. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah. Hunter is a big accomplishment. Uh, question for each of you. Any fun stories about working on the pod that are particularly memorable? Uh, Freudian slips, technical difficulties, worst pod ever, best pod experience, etc. cetera. Uh, this is from our good friend, I think you're in Davenport, but Patrick Walsh, great vision. Go visit him. I yeah. have to say, recording out front of the Ted and Wallys and Benson. That's what we're going to do to all the rest of our summer podcast. <laughs> that was, we, like, the phone, we were recording off of Luke's old Google phone, and we put it on a trash can. We moved the trash can on this bench outside of Ted and Wallys. Where there's people coming in and out. And just plopped the phone down on the bench. And then there were people who, like, needed to use the trash can. And were just huddled around this trash can, speaking was, to it. It was not on fire, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think any time we put Bobby on is fun, because Bobby tends to... Um, yeah. uh, including the, the Lost Live pod. Yeah. yeah. Was that uh, the one at Warner? In the yeah. 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 And Bobby tends to just... Say just enough that you're like, I feel like I'm getting something I shouldn't. But he also knows not to go past that one. Yeah, I think that's the way he talks to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think anytime Monica's been on the podcast has been a fantastic podcast. Still owe me a boot bag. Mm. <laughs> Team got him before. Ryan, what's your favorite podcast memory? I don't think I have 
Today. So I, I think for me, the first one, like we started recording in the Chamber of Commerce and immediately got kicked out and finished at Barley's, I think, uh, back when the pod was a little shorter. I think the other one, the post game, um, after the Richmond game, like I, I was so upset and angry and like just unhappy. I'm like, Jay came in and talked to us eventually, it's been forever. But like he was like really upbeat and optimistic, and like I kind of like that helped me get over that game. And like he was like telling us how uh, he's like, well, I just wanted to get Toby on the bench, like just a little bit. He's gonna start in Florida, and then like they went and played in Florida and like turned the whole season around and like whatever. So like that was like that's one that comes to mind. Um, These post game video, uh, videos that they post on social uh, media are always fun to watch because you just. Seems to let it roll off him so easily. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's practicing. Luke's favorite yeah. was my first podcast. No. Um, honestly, that first podcast was, was fantastic. Um, the trial and error we've gone through, various different settings, um, every every update, uh, getting the blog started, uh, getting the entire fan base um as engaged as possible, giving an opportunity for a dedicated media source for Union Omaha, since Omaha media won't do it and the team is terrible at doing it. Um, yeah. Also, RIP John Nautala. Because I'm really yeah. now. But I, I think um, in 2020, there was a, a great podcast we, we released a version of uh, with Tyler David. Um, discussing social issues uh, regarding the 2020 year. And there was an entire hour and a half pod that we'd recorded, but because our recording software was going through a uh, server update, the entire hour and a half was corrupted. So we got the players back on to commit another hour and a half to talk about social issues uh, happening during the 2020 season and getting them back on. We did like, we did like an 80% job too. Like yeah. I, that was what I was most impressed about on that one. It's like, we did an okay job for recreating it. Yeah. No. And it, it just, it was really great to see how invested the players can be in commenting on the things happening in the community and what it means to them to have the community involvement, uh, with, with, the uh, with the podcast and with the fans and that that to me epitomized what everything can be uh going through and what this podcast can mean to everyone so i have one last question and you better know the damn answer it's been a hundred of these who gives a hoot we do!